Hey, y'all, get ready for another exciting edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Fresh off of my fresh blackberries and raspberries. I just had to go out to the garden and grab those on the way in. And they didn't, once again, I don't know how this happens. I picked them and by the time I get to the door to go, they're gone. I don't understand. Wait, I ate them. That's that's what it is. I ate them. I just remembered. They're lovely and delicious. Anyway, I hope you're growing that garden. I hope it's growing well. We've got a lot to cover today on the show. First and foremost, the scam of PCR tests. They still are rearing their ugly head, except this time the ugly heads of, gee, what's the Biden guys and Biden gals? Dr. Jill Biden. Oh, she's positive too. It's not, you know, it used to be, are you positive? Are you, do you have a happy outlook? And now it's, are you positive for a disease of some kind? We got to talk about that. And also the quadruple jab Pfizer CEO also, but hey, we got drugs for that. Uh, James Richardson, first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show joining us. This is a guy who's overcome tremendous odds. Never tell him the odds, right? CF, cystic fibrosis. Yet he's a professional athletic trainer. I have to ask him about strengthening my quads. They're sore. Oh, I've been doing too many squats, but we'll get through that. James Richardson's on uh, our one inspiring story. Hour two, we got Al Richards joining us to talk about uh, the other side of addiction. Overcoming addiction or overcoming addiction in the spouse or a loved one. Uh, that's an ongoing topic. Addiction is a very real issue. It has not gone away. Even addicted to being addicted. It's kind of weird, but we'll cover that as well. And uh, you look marvelous. Uh, I didn't say it right, but you know what I mean. There's a survey about telling people white lies. We'll get to that. Super Don put that in the, uh, the newsletter today. And if you haven't signed up for that, send RSB. Text RSB to 22828, and we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. We're coming on with breaking news out of the White House. This morning, NBC News has just confirmed that the First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, has tested positive for COVID. Uh, she had initially tested negative on Monday yesterday during a routine uh, testing cadence that we know members in the White House go through. Uh, and then she developed cold-like symptoms yesterday evening. She tested negative again on an antigen test, but tested positive on a PCR test, according to the statement. Uh, they reminded us, uh, the statement reminds that the First Lady is double vaccinated, twice boosted and only experiencing mild symptoms. Uh, she's been prescribed a course of Paxlovid and following CDC guidance will isolate for others at least for at least five days. What, what are they doing here? I mean, did, are they, do they think that I'm going to run out and get two jabs and two boosters and Paxlovid because Dr. Jill First Lady Biden has gotten sick again with mild symptoms? Oh man, if I could only have mild symptoms like Jill Biden or anyone else. How many times do you hear these stories? Twice jabbed, twice boosted, twice positive, fourth time positive, tenth time positive, and by, and, and by what? Faulty antigen tests, faulty PCR tests. This is the cult of scientism. Bow down and worship the test. My gosh, Jill Biden did, and she's a doctor. What kind of doctor? A doctor of education. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. So impressed, she. Uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg was, or was it the other uh, 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 Looney Tune on the View that she thought, oh, she should be the Surgeon General of the United States. This is what passes as media, legitimate media story. Joy Behar. Joy did Behar. That. Our favorite. She would be Joy a Behar. great 
Surgeon General. Dude, I got it. It's funny because all the news channels this morning were just like breaking news, and I'm thinking, oh, nuclear war. Oh, you know, uh, the, you know the terrorist attack. Uh, Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID. I'm just like, why do we care about this anymore? Every time a celebrity or anybody gets COVID, it's breaking news. It's headline news. Oh, they have they have cold-like symptoms, but they'll probably feel better in a few days. It's like, why is this breaking news anymore? Well, I'm asking the question, what do they think they'll achieve by reporting on this? Because to me, the message of twice vaccinated, twice boosted, and still testing positive. It's like They always throw that in there, too. And yeah. It's just funny because I think some people, it, it depends on what side of the issue you're on. Either A, it, it's going to be uh, the, the people on the one side, they're going to go, oh, well, because she's, she's quadruple, you know, sextuplet, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, uh, vaccinated, stuff like that. Oh, see, that's why she didn't die. But then there's the other people on the other side of the issue that are going, wait a minute. You know, that vaccine was supposed to keep us from getting sick two and sides are testing of this positive, issue. Right? Super, two sides of this issue. You described them wrong. Morons and critical no. thinkers. All right. Well. I'm sorry. This At this point, we've got enough evidence to go. <laughs> How many times do we have to say, I got sick again, but thank goodness I got the jab and the jab and the booster and, and the And I got the Paxlovid, which apparently uh, causes yeah. rebound COVID. All right. Yeah. I'm like... This but is, keep doing it, because Anthony Fauci said that's what you're supposed to do, right? Now, if I'm any indication, maybe I'm not. Uh, maybe people are now rushing out to get boosted because Jill Biden got sick again. I don't know. I don't think anybody cares anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think people care anymore. I think people are so over COVID that mm. these breaking news alerts that some other celebrity or politician, the governor got COVID. Who cares? Oh. Nobody's dying from it, you know. It's did, like did they, you, they, they 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 tested positive. Did you know? Interestingly, they, though, interestingly, yeah. though, the interesting point here: mm-hmm. she tested negative on two yeah. antigen tests, yeah, yeah, and then no, positive on the out. PCR test. I love that. Right? It's like, well, she got negative here, and then she oh, we but she got a confirmatory PCR. So we'll test go with the PCR test because yeah. You know. What was I telling you about last week? I, I I'm you know filming a, a documentary that you know I'm kind of hosting and interviewing uh, folks that have been injured by the jabs. And mm-hmm. one of the guys is a, a lab worker within a PCR testing facility. So they get the, the, the samples, they run the, the test, and he's managing all of that. And, of course, yeah. he was told he had to have the jab or else he would lose his job. He got the jab first, some symptoms. Second one, devastated and very sick, and he lost his job because he couldn't even function anymore. But his point to me about his time there was that they'd get a test from the hospital. It'd turn up negative. So they get a second one. It turns up negative again. And they're like, so desperate for a positive test to say, hey, test again, send it again. Third one, always guaranteed, he said, to be positive. And I said, why? Is it because they run the cycle count threshold on up? Well, how else are they going to guarantee a positive test? If you run it enough times, everybody's positive for anything they want you to be positive for. And that used to be, again, a good thing. I opened up before we started the show. I said, positive. <laughs> we used to be a good thing, positive. Now positive yeah. means you're going to die or you're sick. It oh, like- it's mild now. Is yeah. it like flipping a coin or spinning a, a, a wheel eventually, right? No, it's eventually. worse than that because they're rigging the game. Uh, they're just running the numbers up until they get the, the, the positive result that they want. And then they can go, all right, we now got another COVID case. Now we get the money that's been promised us through a UA and through all the things that have been happening. And I'm just like, I'm not going to say I'm sick of it because, you know, those words mean things. But can you say, you pointed out, people are over it. I think well, why? They are. Why? I think the media is not. They just yeah. can't. They are obsessing. Every celebrity, every time somebody tells, I mean, they think this will keep them in fear. 
to get more jabs or more Paxlovid. And then you've got the CEO of, uh, what, Albert Borla? What is he, with Pfizer? Who's he, yeah, with Pfizer? Pfizer. Quadruple vaccinated Pfizer CEO tests for positive for COVID. So what's the point? Oh, well, thank goodness it's mild. I'll get on Paxlovid too, like Dr. Jill Biden. And we'll be all good. It's mild symptoms. He says, I'm isolating and have started a course of Paxlovid. By the way, did you notice that uh, the CDC yesterday, we reported on this, said, you don't have to isolate anymore. Asymptomatic people that are positive doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, it never did. It only meant it while they wanted you to live in fear and isolate and shut down and clamp down anybody who refused to become a medical lab rat with experimental injections of the mRNA variety to alter DNA protein synthesis with no off switch. But Albert Borluck, he tweets out, I would like to let you know that I have tested positive for COVID-19. I'm thankful to have received four doses of the COVID BioNTech vaccine, which is not a vaccine. And I'm feeling well while experiencing very mild symptoms. I'm isolating. Himself. I mean, this is like, this is like the badge of honor. Like they're bragging about it. And, and this is supposed to sell us on his jabs. I, I'm just, maybe again, I'm not thinking clearly here, but I, I, I think that the people have already gotten the jabs. Many of them who, well, if they're still alive, are regretting the decision to get one, much less two or four. I think they've lost the narrative. And I I don't understand what they're doing by reporting this time. And again, I don't think it's strengthening the idea that the jabs were ever really good. They're admitting that they, well, we didn't, we didn't really think they were going to work. Like we thought we said, we, we didn't say it. We sort of said it, but we didn't mean it. Oh yeah. They're going to stop the transmission. They're going to stop the thing from happening and we'll all get back to life as normal. Many of these doctors and nurses that I'm interviewing that volunteered to get the jabs, even if they had some reluctance because they realized how fast this was ushered in, like brought out under emergency use, they would tell me, I, I, did, I felt a little trepidatious, but then again, they kept saying, if we would just get it, we could stop this thing cold. And now they're all saying, well, we never really said that. I don't, have you, any of you actually, have you heard this? They're trying to deny that they ever said this thing was going to shut it down and stop it. And we could all go back to life as what we saw called normal. And now they're backing down going, well, no, we knew that it wasn't going to do that. We, we never said that it would. We always knew it would just maybe uh, protect you from transmission a little bit and, and make it more mild. And that's the, that's the case, the story that they're telling. Well, I still have it, but it's mild. I'd be dead if I didn't get it. Is this, a, again, this a strong selling point? Or are they smoking something that's not natural? Let's just say it that way. Ah, gosh, darn it. I mean, I mean I've got a little bit of an intolerance issue today, Super Don. Uh, and I'm not, maybe it's because my quadriceps are so dang sore. And I got to think about this for next week because all the squats that, that we're doing at the gym, and you remember those days of sore quadriceps. Leg days can be brutal for sure. Oh my gosh. And it was like the challenge of the week is like a squat and hook, hook, and then up again. Squat, hook, hook for three minutes straight. And I'm feeling that. And then today I had to do a lot more of them, a lot more kicking. And I was talking to the trainer today. I was like, next week, you are not making me do legs because Wednesday I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm going to climb to 12,000 feet on a hike that's like supposedly 10 hours total up and back. And I do not want to go up on rubber legs. So I will recover between now and then. I'm just thinking ahead now. And no, I'm not going to get the jab so I don't get COVID on the top of a mountain. Mm. You going to wear a mask up there? Oh, totally. Yeah, that's mm. the other thing. 
the masking <laughs> up. What did Jill Biden say? Oh, Joe Biden. They said President Biden has uh, tested negative now, but he's got some symptoms. He's going to isolate and wear a mask. What a moron. There is no scientific evidence that masking stops the transmission of something as small as what they claim the virus or the spike protein is. I, can you tell I'm not, I'm like, eh. Do some deep breathing. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. We'll be okay. You know what's okay? Sharing inspiring stories of overcoming major league obstacles. How about something like cystic fibrosis? CF, man, it's debilitating. And yeah, people died in childhood from this stuff. People are living longer. That's true. There are ways to manage some of these things. And we're going to hear one story today about how someone has overcome it to the greatest degree possible, as far as I know. And now he's like a professional trainer of athletes. I dig that. I'm impressed by that. And folks, I don't know the full story yet. We're going to hear some of it. And look, my perspective, you know where I'm at. I'm a non-drug guy. But if somebody utilizes something, even a drug, and they say, hey, it helped, that's their story. And, you know, we're going to roll with whatever he's got to say here. But I'm going to ask some questions about his journey and his recovery and perspective going forward. Getting in shape, how cystic fibrosis led me to my dream job. This is who we're featuring right now on the Robert Scott Bell Show, James Richardson's joins us. Richardson joins us. And we haven't talked a lot about cystic fibrosis, James, but welcome to the show. And I appreciate your journey and your strength to be here and share what you've done. Maybe it'll inspire others. In fact, I, I know it will. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here today. So did you have leg day today too? <laughs> yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday. I'm recovering just like you. I'm recovering. Are you feeling it? Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel you. man. So uh, <laughs> going, going to become a trainer and you have cystic fibrosis diagnosed obviously as a child i imagine and yeah yeah i was diagnosed at uh two days old my yeah. when i was diagnosed it was a childhood illness kind of like what yeah. you said earlier so my average life expectancy when i was diagnosed was between 13 and 15 years old the doctors told me that i wouldn't live past 19. um they told my parents i would never really be a normal human being no don't really pay too much attention to him kind of just let him live his 19 years out and let him pass away. That's kind of what they told my parents. Mm. Um, but now what I do is I advocate from cystic fibrosis. I give back to my community. I give them hope and strength to be able to push forward and, and live a longer, healthier life. So if I may ask, how, how old is your physical body today? I'm 29 years old today. Dude, 10 years in excess of your <clears throat> teen years. And um, did your parents, were they the ones that inspired you or was it something in you? I mean, I think about parents having a child like you and they say, oh my gosh, cystic fibrosis. They'll be lucky to live through his teen years. Just let him live it out. Did they go, okay, and accept it? Or did they go, uh-uh, not our kid. Where was it? You know, how did this transition in your mind? Because I know ultimately it had to be you, but how yeah. did it get there? Yeah, my mom and uh, my stepdad were they're very strong mentally. So they put me in every single sport. They let me do everything that I wanted to do. They never treated me like I was sick. They created that strength and that mentality for me at a young age. And now, obviously, they prepared me for the battles of facing death and facing struggle with cystic fibrosis throughout my life. They mentally prepared me for that. And obviously, going through it as a child strengthened me as well to be able to deal with it as an adult. All right. So, uh, uh, James, the idea of a, a, what we call a genetic disease, they call it inherited genetic. I look at epigenetics. I don't know if you've studied some of that, but these things that ca cause 
genes to manifest differently or express differently. I think it, it clearly happens across generations. And then by the time a baby, a baby James shows up with this issue, I'd like to look back at that further than often the doctors and scientists are doing, although I'm sure they are having to consider that now. But you're born with this so-called disease diagnosis, and yet you do athletics. What were the limitations that you had when you looked around to your other peers when they were in athletics that they didn't have to deal with? Or were you able to overcome all of it all the way through from the beginning? No, it was very, very difficult. My childhood was very different from every other kid that was around me. So, for instance, people with cystic fibrosis are mostly malnourished. They're very skinny. They're, it's very difficult for them to gain muscle. Um, we have to take pills every time we eat food because our body doesn't digest food. The, our pancreatic en enzymes do not break down food like a normal person's do. So having to take pills, not being able to gain muscle. We also cough chronically our entire life. So from when I was born to when I was 26 years old, I coughed every single day. I never really knew what it was like to take a deep breath. Um, I had to do two hours of breathing treatments in the morning, two hours of breathing treatments at night. And when I was a young kid, we never had the technology that we have now. Now we have vests that shake our lungs for 30 seconds so we can expel the thick mucus that's in our lungs. When I was a child, my mom used to have to tilt me on a bed and pat my back for 30 minutes to be able to get the mucus out. Because if we don't, it sits in the lungs, it ferments, and it just destroys our lungs. Then we have to get lung transplants or we eventually pass away from suffocation. So just all those things were so different for me as a child and, and trying to act normal as a child and trying to be normal as a young adult, when you know that you're not and accepting the fact of knowing that you're going to die at a certain age or thinking that you're going to die at a certain age is, uh, it's terrifying. And being able to have to learn how to deal with those emotions at such a young age is something that has strengthened me now and made me mm -hmm. a person that is able to give back and give hope to those people that are struggling. James, it sounds like your journey, uh, there's a, I don't know, two paths and they probably converge and cross from time to time. <clears throat> you talk about un unable to digest pancreatic enzymes. So you can take supplemental enzymes from an external source to help do things that your body is not doing. And that can help you overcome a lot, including the ability to assimilate nutrients. So yes. it sounds like you did that. And I'm sure that there were drug therapies, whether they be breathing treatments. I don't know if you, you were on chronic steroid use for that or other holistic uh, inhalers. I, I, tell me a little bit about that journey, how yeah. it crossed between big pharma and natural. Yeah, definitely. So I'm always, I've always been the guy because my mom studied vitamins and supplementation from a young age. So since I was young, I've been on all natural vitamins and supplementations, never been into medications, never. I've tried to stay away from treatments as long as I could. But as I've gotten sicker and sicker during my life, sometimes you have to do it. And it's either that or you're, you're not going to live. Um, so what's helped me now as an adult is all that studying vitamins and nutrition that my mom did when I was a young kid. Because when I was young, she had no idea what cystic fibrosis was. It's not something that's very popular. It's not something that's pushed through media or anything like that. So it was something that she had to study on her own and, own and realize what vitamin supplements to take to be able to heal the lungs, to be able to help the bones and help the mucus in the lungs thin out so that we're able to get it out and not get lung infections. So I'm very thankful to my mom. She was a very big blessing to me to be able to help me learn these things. And then I just adapted those practices as I become a young adult and I do it every single day. And people think it's weird that I take 20 vitamins a day. People think it's strange, mm -hmm. but I just, this has helped me. This has saved my life. And I really truly believe in all that stuff. Well, look, I, I started my journey at the age of 24. Mm -hmm. I didn't have CF, but I had numerous chronic ailments and illnesses, including <clears throat> horrible digestion. And I won't go into all that I did, but, or all that I had, let me just say it that way. But my transition <clears throat> to organic food, supplementation, 
focused on supporting detoxification pathways. I had respiratory issues myself, had to learn my way through the drug mentality, the shot mentality of being raised in a medical family, pharmaceutical family, to do things in my 50s I couldn't do in my 20s. So I appreciate your journey, although your journey times 10 with a CF diagnosis from day two uh, and what you're overcoming. Now, in terms of what you're moving forward to at 29, 10 years beyond what they said you would maybe live to, every day, uh, of course, you, you probably appreciate it more than most because of what you've been trained to believe or they've tried to have you believe about right. life expectancy. But it sounds like you have defied the predictions and continue to do so even today. If you're now a trainer, physical trainer, I mean, it's like of all the things to go into, that would probably be the, the least of predictions for someone <laughs> with CF. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting because that's always kind of been my mentality. My mentality has always been to push back and fight back against everything that I've been told. So from a young age, like I said earlier, I've always been told that I can't, I can't, I can't, I shouldn't, I can't. And I've always went against that. And it's very interesting when you push against the things that you're told not to do, mm -hmm. your life becomes better and you become healthier rather than become sicker. There's a lot of people in my community that are so sick still to this day because of all the medications and all the things that I denied as a child mm -hmm. that they have, they were on and being put on all these different things. And, and now I just, I found the gym. I, I found out that health, fitness, good supplementation, good vitamins, eating good food, um, it's something that I researched when I was a young kid, just because I was so interested in what was going on with my body and why I was so much different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And finding the gym has saved my life. So the way I give back to people in my community, because I, I know and I understand that fitness is number one, especially in cystic fibrosis, because we it floods our lungs with thick, sticky mucus. Mm -hmm. And if we don't expel the mucus through fitness and through treatment. If you don't want to do treatments, the fitness is a great way to expel that mucus and yeah. to be able to help push all that stuff out if you don't want to do breathing treatments. And I didn't want to do all that stuff. So I found the gym. It's not, and I'm not saying that this is something that is easy. I lived most of my life with less than 40% lung function until wow. I was 26 years old. Uh -huh. I was, you know, I was, when I was 26, I was literally on, on my deathbed every single night for years and years and years and just pushing through that. My mentality was just to push, just to push, just to push. I wanted to feel normal so, so bad, but finding the gym is something that saved my life. And I, now I give it back to other people to help save their lives, whether they have chronic illness or not. It's something that some, everybody should do. Keeping the body active is so something you, that's very important. James, you're saying up till 26, you're kind of on deathbed and, and now yeah. you're 20, so you're 29. So three years ago or so you, yeah. you made it into the gym. You didn't do figure this out. Even <clears> though you did sports as a teenager, somewhere along the way, you didn't continue that intensity. Oh, no. So I was in the gym since I was 17. I played okay. sports my whole life, but a new medication came out. Mm. So I'll give you just a little bit of the summarization of the backstory. Sure. I was very, very sick. And, and as you, if people don't know, cystic fibrosis is a progressive illness. So as you get older, it gets worse and worse and worse. So when I got into my early 20s, it became very bad. So I realized that my breathing was getting worse. My lung function was getting worse. I was coughing more. I had more lung infections. I mean, I would have an average of eight lung infections a year. Hmm. So you were on repeated mm -hmm. antibiotic courses then. Correct. That and then what happened? Your gut. Exactly. So what happened is after the antibiotics, my infections were getting so worse, I would have pseudomonas. Now there's different bacteria in cystic fibrosis that kill us. For my genetic mutations, pseudomonas is the one that kills you. Did they tell you, did your doctors ever tell you that uh, silver is devastating to pseudomonas? Is that collodial silver? Yeah, it's, it's the uh, form of silver. It's called bioactive silver hydrosol, more potent and more safe than, or safer than 
uh, yeah. other coll colloids, but that silver ions are devastating pseudomonas, even resistant strains of pseudomonas. I, I didn't know what you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah, exactly. So I've taken collodial silver and things like that, but I'm very interested in that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So I, um, yeah, so I, I had eight lung infections a year. The antibiotics weren't working. I had a decision to make. I was less than 35% lung function when I was 26. Mm -hmm. um, my doctor said, I'm either have to get a lung transplant. After you get a lung transplant, they give you five years to live after that because your body starts rejecting the transplant and they have to put you on rejection drugs. Yeah. It's just a, it's a down, downhill spiral after that. So there was this drug that came out in my community called Trikafta. Now I've always been weary about taking drugs. I don't well, don't we are too here. We're not yeah. big fans of the drug companies, but <laughs> what I say about the journey that someone has been on, if that's been part of it, it's been part of, you know, where they were at a certain point and they integrated something and they saw this happen. Uh, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> deny that drugs can do things. That's not yes. never been my, my perspective or point, but also say, you know, be very cautious because the drugs that have been used to save your life, like these antibiotics have also resulted in death. You know, so you have to be very cautious about moving through these things. So again, I acknowledge this journey that you're on. That's why I want you to share your story. Yeah, definitely. And I totally, and I agree as well. Um, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was more of like, I was, I was forced in a way because either I get a major surgery where they give me a lung transplant and who knows how that's going to go, mm. or I try this medication and something could happen. So I, when the medication came out, I didn't take it for the first six months or so because I wanted to see sure. the reactions of, in, in my community. Um, then my lungs continuously got worse and worse. Um, and they said that if you want to take this, you know, if you want, you're eligible to take this drug, it's called Trikafta. The only thing about it is, is it has all these side effects like most drugs. You know, they give you right. one thing, it creates 12 other problems. Exactly. So I, I was like, um, so I, I, they said that if I take it, it could, it could destroy my liver and I could, would have to have a liver transplant. Right. So I prayed about it and I, I was just kind of just asked God to help me with it. And I, um, I took the first dose within taking the, now keep in mind, like I said, for 26 years, I never knew the feeling of taking a deep breath. I never knew what that felt like. Mm -hmm. I never knew how to go about my day like a normal human being. I could never get a haircut, go on a date. Mm -hmm. I would cough all the time. I couldn't sit in a classroom. It was just terrible. So I took this first dose of medication because I had no other option. And within the first two hours, I started purging all the mucus out of my lungs. Now, purging just means pretty much just expelling all the mucus out of your lungs. Mm -hmm. And uh, after two hours, I could take my first deep breath. And I never had any side effects. Um, obviously, I take vitamins and supplementations to help my liver, cleanse my liver, things like that. And uh, to this day, I don't cough anymore. Um, I've been able to gain mass and gain weight. Mm -hmm. I can work out even harder than I could before. Yeah. And uh, it's, it was a blessing to me. Well, look, I, I, th this is an inspiring story, no matter what. And some of the folks in my audience would be shocked. It's like, oh, you got a guy on that's taking drugs and he's getting better. It's like, well, no, you still got this underlying condition, but it is somehow managing something. And you have countered some of the worst of that by what? Doing things that, you know, if it's going to impact my liver this way, well, let me do some of these other things. And <clears> we can talk about that as well, which is part of a rational navigation of things that could be life-saving for someone that is already at least by the standards of medicine said outlived, you know, what you, what you should or so, uh, supposedly yeah. would have. Uh, and so, um, had you ever encountered prior to this, what I call God's medicine for the lungs, lobelia, had you ever heard of lobelia, the herb? Lobelia? No. Okay. So th this is the case in point of where we all get to this. I think a lot of people do. I've tried everything, but I haven't tried that. <laughs> Right. Right. It's always something more to learn in, in point of fact. So sure. if this drug 
ever hits a plateau, <clears throat> which a lot of times they'll do, and you end up in a in a bell curve loop where it starts not coming down the other side. Yeah, I would say consider that also. Uh, in terms of liver health, I don't know what you're doing to support liver. Are, are you taking a lot of selenium, the mineral selenium? Yes. Okay. I take selenium. Yep. That's exactly. like so critical. Uh, and so these are the concerns that I would have in working with someone like you. I'm just throwing these out there. Yeah, so we yeah, have yeah. This discussion going, all right, this is a rational guy. This is a guy that's been through it. You cannot throw stuff at, at, at James and go, Hey, you're, you're being irrational. And he's like, you are saving your life every day by the things you're doing and making decisions based on. I think cautious, you know, the precautionary principle say, all right, here are the advantages, disadvantages. I'm going to look at that and I'm going to strategize to how I can navigate it. This is how, unfortunately, a lot of people that are in situations like yours, they've never done the homework like your mom maybe started you on to actively engage in going, all right, docs have this. They say this. I'm going to investigate it too. And I'm going to go, all right, here's the, I'm going to weigh it out. I'm going to go, oh, this is where it's targeting. And like I said, I'm, I'm very pleased. Honestly, I'm blown away by your journey here for a lot of reasons and not having CF. I, I, it's, it's you are inspiring, hopefully, a lot of people with CF to, to go down a journey where they're going to their life expectancy is going to be blown away and where they can continue to live. And I would say there's always more to do and always more to learn. So how long have you been taking the medication along with working with the liver to keep it strong, too? Um, I've been taking the medication for almost three years now, okay. but I always took, I always took supplements for my liver just to keep my liver healthy in general. Okay. So, um, but about almost three years I've taken the medication. Okay. All right. So here you are and you're actively, uh, uh, an actual trainer at a gym where people come to you. Hey James, I'll give you some money if you'll train me. That happens. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually have my own business. So I travel and I train private clients only. I train one-on-one yeah. -on -one boxing. I teach boxing and I also just train fat loss, obviously muscle gain, strength training, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I used to work for gyms, but I left about four years ago now yeah. and I started my own. Nice. I, I, look, I took up boxing years ago when I could no longer do water stuff and mm -hmm. uh, it's been a great thing. Now I'm actually kickboxing, which is crazy. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. But, uh, you know, to see, to, the, to, to overcome what I overcame is great, but I'm looking at you. I'm like, I'm chopped liver. Although the liver, <laughs> we don't want to chop the liver up. We want it unless you're eating good you know, liver from uh, healthy animals, the green, uh, grass fed kind of thing for right. support of that. Uh, so in this journey, now you have an independent business, you're traveling around. Do you do lecture presentations? Cause you sound like you could inspire <clears throat> people, uh, with your journey. Yeah, definitely. So the training is just my day job that I do. Obviously what, I, what I, what I'm passionate about, what my purpose is in this world, I think is to advocate and give back to my community through speaking, through sharing my story mm -hmm. and through like, kind of like what you said is not listening to everything that somebody tells you going against it and making your own decisions and showing that it's not about what people tell you. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter what you have or what you're mm -hmm. born with or what somebody's told you, you can't do. And yeah. that's my message. So I create programs for people that have cystic fibrosis. I give it to them for free and I help them work out supplementation programs and nutrition programs that I create myself. Mm -hmm. I don't charge them for it and I just give it to them for free. And my next step is to work on providing them equipment to be able All to right. help them work out. So if I'm a drug company, let's say I'm the maker of trifecta or what is it what they call it? Yeah. Tri Tricafta. I think Tricafta, I it. Yeah. yeah. Trifecta. I, but if, if, if I, if I was, I'm looking at you, I'm like, well, this guy could be a real good spokesman for us as a drug company. Cause look, he's alive at 29, but at the same time, it's like, but this guy is also supporting supplements and eating, right? We're not into that. And we don't want to like dilute the message. We just want people on the drug. I'm thinking, have you ever had interaction with the drug company itself? Because the cystic fibrosis fibrosis foundation has, is going to give you an award. And, and yep. let's be honest about 
maybe what I'd call conflicts of interest. These foundations take big money from the drug industry oh, oh, yeah. and they raise big money for the drug industry. So there are conflicts of interest in terms of someone like you that says, look, I'm taking the meds and I'm doing good, but I'm also, because it's so damaging to the liver, doing all of these supplements to keep my liver going. Right. So it's like, I don't know what to make of you, right? Is there any, any of that going on? Or am I making uh, that up in my own head? No, of course you're right on the dot with it. Um, especially when, cause CFers like myself, we go to the CF clinic every three months, every three months they do our checkups, they do our breathing tests, they do this and that. I just spoke about this on a show the past week, I, how every time I go, it's always something negative. So when I was a child, it was always, I was always very nervous to go to the CF clinic because it's always mm. something negative. Right. Uh, you can't have children. We're going to have to hospitalize you. Your lungs don't look good. You're going to put, we're going to put you on A, B, C, D, E. And for my entire life, I've always said no. And when you say no, it's very interesting, the dynamic of it in hospitals and with doctors and things like that. And even companies that are producing medication. If I say no to something, then it becomes more of a bullying tactic. Now they have to bring in the other people and they start asking, why aren't you doing this? Well, why? And then they yeah. start trying to sell it to me and convince me to try to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit of their worst nightmare in a way, because when I come in, I don't look like a typical CFer. I've been able to gain muscle. I work out six days a week. I'm healthy. I, I can work. A lot of people in my communities can't work because they're so mm -hmm. sick, yeah. you know? So I'm a little bit of their worst nightmare in a lot of aspects. Being able to be a poster child for cystic fibrosis is something that is one of my goals, but it is very difficult to be able to get in there because they you defy what they are used to Correct. and what they almost want because it's easy when you're when you have a CF patient that is not gaining and strong and has that resilient mm -hmm. will to push back for your own sake. And then you're not just gonna accept everything you're told. And that's not what they want to put up as the <laughs> Right. So it's, uh, I, I can see the struggle with them looking yes. at you. He's alive and he's doing well, like no other patient we've ever had. But right. if we put him up there, that means people are not, they're not going to do everything we say. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very, I have one of the highest lung functions that they've ever seen with cystic fibrosis. So you would think that they would want people to see that. And you want to push that message. Of and you haven't even started Lobelia. No. I, yeah, exactly. I want you to send me that too, please. <laughs> but yeah. So I just, it's very difficult. Like when I go in, because I am truly trying to help others, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's very corrupt. It's, it, we're, they're not in the business of keeping us healthy. Let's be honest. They're in the business of keeping us sick. That's Managing what your sickness for profit. That is it. Well, Correct. you, you have a clarity about you in the midst of all of this, even at, you know, acknowledging the benefit that that medicine has given to you. And, but it, it's quite a, quite an extraordinary journey. I, I think you're going to inspire people uh, maybe that you didn't even think of that are well outside that community to say, Amazing. that's my goal. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's what I'm seeing here. That's what I'm witnessing here. And as I say, I'll send you the chapter. Uh, you know, there's, it's a short chapter of my book. I have it at, for those of you who are uh, patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell show, you know, we've made the chapter in unlock the power to heal on lung health specifically available to you for free. Um, but, uh, I'll make sure at least you get that, that chapter. So you can look at, we can talk afterwards about yes. things as well. I only want to enhance what you're already doing. I don't want to take away from your success. And I don't think I, I would ever do that. But the point is you're in, you're interested in educating yourself and enhancing that health that you've already achieved far beyond what they said the limits were. Yes. Uh, you know, and that, that's the break, you're breaking all the rules and, 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 <laughs> and that's for the health of it too. So I appreciate yes. you very much. And thank you. I appreciate you. So what's, what's your next event as you're traveling around doing these trainings? Is there an event we should know about so I can let people know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, um, was actually nominated as the, uh, CF's finest in Los Angeles. So it's a, they pick a young 
professional like myself that does things in the community and they award them. It's a big banquet here in Los Angeles in November. Um, you can buy tickets online. It's on my Instagram, James rich 23, but it's to help, you know, support and just get, get my name out to the communities. And, and whether it's with cystic fibrosis or not, you know, it's something that we all deal with struggle in our lives, whether it's with illness, with relationships, with it doesn't matter. I'm mm -hmm. not here just to, just to go just to help the CF community. That is one of my goals, but I'm also here just to help people in general, help them get over struggles and hardships in their life. Dude, I'm looking at the picture's really small there, Super Don. Do you have a larger picture of uh, James's bicep? Because you know, <laughs> I thought I was doing okay. I'm like, I'm sucking the eggs. I got, I got to double down on my efforts here. This is embarrassing. <laughs> look at, look at that. Look at this is on your Instagram page, is it, James? Yeah, that's my Instagram. Yeah, I think I tried to link you on on today's uh, notes, so we're connected on Instagram too. Yeah, every time Super Don clicks on it, I don't know what's coming up, but again, it's it's like incredibly impressive what you what you're doing and i'm inspired by it as well oh there you are let's see if that comes well instagram never works the way you think it does when it's on a computer that's the that's yeah the, there you go oh there look at that that's ridiculous <laughs> now just to give some context yeah most 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 cystic people with cystic fibrosis and like i was my entire life yeah very skinny and malnourished when yeah, I, you'd look more like a concentration camp, you know, you've survived. <laughs> exactly. that no, kind yeah, of malnourishment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very malnourished. And um, just over trial and error of my entire life, you know, just I'm 240 pounds now. I was wow. 106, I was 160 pounds soaking wet when I was very sick and in, in and out of the hospital. And this is 12 years of hard work, of dedication and consistency. I've been in the gym since I was 17 consistently. I've maybe missed three days in a week at any given point, even when I was sick, I was mm -hmm. very, very sick, still in the gym, still working and just being able to push myself. I'm obviously I'm not a doctor and not do, just do prescribing. You, do you, do you live mostly in LA? I'm actually from Oregon. Originally I moved to LA about seven years ago, but I, my, my mom is from England. I come from an English culture. So I'm the first American born in my whole family. So your mom's a Brit. Where was she in London or up country? Where was she? Liverpool. My mom, my Liverpool. whole family's from Liverpool. Yep. Oh, wow. And your dad, uh, American. My real dad was English as well. He passed when I was young, but he's okay. both. Yeah, my, I was the first born American in my entire family. Everybody else is from England. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just an amazing journey uh, you're describing. You. I got a buddy in LA. How, how long are you going to be in LA? Or are you just living there now? I live here. Yep. I'm, I'm here. Mike Torsha is a good buddy of mine. He was a, actually, he's, he's also a, tr a super trainer, trained many of the stars, you know, seen in movies and such. And I think he would be inspired to know you. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. I'd love to I'll connect. Try connect you to him. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. Mike's an amazing, amazing man. Really gr great, compassionate heart as well. Uh, so James Richardson's got a page. I see it finest.cff.org. And then there's LA finest 20. Well, anyway, we have that linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. If for any of you that uh, don't get the newsletter, because these things are also included, you just text RSB, my initials RSB to two, two, eight, two, eight, and you can get plugged in and, and get updated on all of these things that we cover here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. RSB texted at 22828, and you'll be prompted to sign up for our email alerts or newsletters, as Super Don calls them, including knowing about upcoming guests and upcoming events as such. And uh, this, uh, you know, again, these bright lights like James Richardson, who I had not met until we got on, pretty much got on the air today. And I'm like, oh, oh this could be a crazy story. He's on drugs. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, but Super Don, you know, as we're talking about this, you and I both are going, how's this going to go? This is an interesting interview. This is something uh, we've not done like this, but I'm inspired. I'm truly inspired. I'm glad. I'm glad. So give, us your, give us your amazing microphone. story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and we've got people in the chat room. They're just loving, loving the story. 
And, you know, any story, you know, where, where you overcome adversity is, is very inspiring. So next time I encourage you and your, your, your lovely wife to go out to the Y and I say, James Richardson, what are you going to do? Are you going to shame me? Are you going to shame me? <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I'm not above or below using any tactic to keep my super Don, my humble and lovable producer, strong and fit and healthy. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and like he's growing food now. Like, this is amazing. So I'm thinking this was a trick to get super done. There you go. Oh, maybe there you go. James can do it, dude. I got to get up and, and, and get out there and do it. Right. See how I great, turn that around. Great way to throw me under the bus <laughs> yeah, on the right? air, man. That's but great. That's, you know what? That's so one day you can actually lift the bus. There you go. Ah, Good job. See it. See how I do that? Oh, I know I'm so bad. Bad host. Bad host. All right. But that's what we're doing here. Uh, so, again, James, this is amazing. And I don't know. We, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk to you off the air about some of the things that you've done. Not to change anything that's working, but just to yeah. say, hey, there's next level stuff as you progress and see other things occur uh, to make sure that you are re at the ready for those things. I'd be happy in any way, shape, or form to, to help you because, I, again, I'm so inspired. Uh, for what you've done. Lori in the chat room says, God bless you, James. I lost three siblings to cystic fibrosis. I was given meds for first year, said I was borderline. Wow. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, Lori, I'm sorry to hear about what happened. But again, with the story that James is bringing out, people can navigate this. And th this is the thing, James, about like the Cystic Fibrosis mm. Foundation. I'm not throwing them under the bus. I'm just saying yeah. about all of these foundations. They do some of, they all do good on some level. And on the other hand, they all are compromised on another level. So you have had to take what is good and beat back the rest. So not only deal with your stuff, but be so yeah. strong that you can counter all of the propaganda and all of the intimidation yes. and all the, we're, we're only doing it for your own good, James. And you're like, yeah, right. Mm, I don't think so. And that's a, a gosh, a power. That's like a superpower. Thank you. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, cause I have a purpose that I want to, that I want to portray to people. I want to, you know, I want to push that, but it's very difficult when, you, you start to realize that it's not all about helping people. It's a, there's a lot of corruption that goes into these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you utilized any homeopathic medicines along the way? No, I just, I just do a lot of vitamins. You know, that's my biggest thing right now. I just take a lot of vitamins and I always have consistently my whole life. When you say vitamins, <laughs> often people say that in its umbrella term for minerals yeah. and <clears throat> herbs and enzymes, right? That's what you mean by that. Yes. Okay. All right. So, wow. Well, look, I. Uh, what am I going to say here about your journey other than I'm grateful that we got to share it today a little bit with the audience. Is there any other message that if you leave today and haven't said it, you would take those biceps and crush me with them? I, I... <laughs> no, I think that we covered a lot of great things. I just appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor to be able to express my story and help people from your audience as well that are going through anything in their life. So I hope that I could help um, give some hope and motivation in their lives. So the best way to follow you is Instagram or, or, or personal yeah. website. Instagram will be the best. James rich 23 is my Instagram name. Okay. I'm looking it up right now as we're on. So I can make sure I, I think I connected with you or, or what do they say? Linked you somehow on today's, yeah. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right, me. James rich 23 rich. Oh, let me see rich 23. I'm doing this in real time to show you what a buffoon I am on Instagram. <laughs> and let's see, I've got pictured. Why, why do I want pictured? I, I want to find your account. That's it. Oh, all right. I see. I, Super Don found it. I didn't necessarily find. There you are. I think I found you now. Yes. Here. Follow. Bingo. Bango. Bongo. We're connected on Instagram. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, my brother, for doing what you're doing. 
I want to talk with you off the air. I want to get you connected with my buddy out there yeah. in, in LA as well. And uh, anything I can do to help, don't hesitate to stay in touch. And if there's more uh, of the journey to share, happy to do it. And, you know, I know that there are people that are so hardcore anti-drug people think I'm, I'm hundred percent anti. No, if, if, if something helps you and you can figure out a way to navigate it and you have results like you're having, what, who am I to say that you shouldn't have it? Cause I don't like drugs. Man, you don't like drugs. I mean, you, I don't either. I don't either. Right? I'm on the same page, right? <laughs> I'm so on the, same page. the tools that we have, we utilize them to the best of our ability, try to counteract the things that that might be negative or are negative and, and maybe move beyond it if possible. And, you know, this is part of your, you're alive at 29 thriving in a way that most don't do beyond 19 if they make it to that. Yeah. And uh, so again, James, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just humbled to, to connect with you here. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. All right. That's James Richardson here on the Robert Scott Bell show for the first time, another inspiring story and a journey. And I want to hear the first person that says, I can't believe you had that guy on. He takes drugs. I, just try it. Come on, give it to me. I want to hear it. Does anybody No, I don't think that'll happen, but I, I love the fact that we can actually have what I call the intellectual integrity to uh, address journeys that include things that you might not want to want to do or utilize. But to share those journeys with integrity and be inspired by them and be helped to realize that, you know what, even in big pharma, there are tools that you can navigate and you can utilize understanding what the implications of utilizing them are by doing a little extra or maybe a lot extra and maybe buying the time that you need to find out there are other ways to go as well. I mean, who am I to know everybody's journey and what's right or wrong? But we do know and acknowledge, as he did some of the deception and the corruption and the conflicts of interest that are there and navigating it means you have to be strong, a body, mind, and spirit. And, you know, whether you had mind and spirit there, as James does, the body normally in a CF patient is not there like this. But what is that power of the mind to overcome it, to reject a prognosis or a diagnosis of death, much less lifelong disability? The power of that mind and the spirit that flows in or imbues life to your body, and as well as the mind. Again, these are the things that inspire me to say, you know, all the things that they tell you are impossible might just take a few days extra in reality. And those few days extra are the time spent figuring out that it's not impossible, that you reject those prognoses or diagnoses. And they'll tell you, well, that's not very responsible. I'm like, no, it's irresponsible to accept them blindly like too many people do. And then they lose the battle before they even knew that they had an opportunity and maybe even getting beyond the idea that it's a battle as well. Possibly interesting warfare terminology everywhere. And I, I use it sometimes too. And sometimes it takes that to strengthen yourself, your resolve to go through a lot of difficult challenges, but then strengthened by it. Kind of like as mentioned recently, the emperor moth, the idea of a, uh, helping the moth out of the chrysalis or a butterfly for that matter. You think, oh my gosh, look at how hard it's struggling to get out. If I could only help it. And you do, you kind of cut away at it. It comes out and it dies because it's very life depends on the struggle. And in the case of uh, James Richardson, his struggle has made him the, the strongest person, you know, that we featured in, in many a, a, a guest. And I'm again, so appreciative of that. So in this context, uh, in this hour of the Robert Scott Bell show, we do have, uh, let's see. Communications just oh you know what this is an interesting story kind of fit fits along the lines of uh, the trust or distrust in in medicine. This is like a, man this is an ongoing issue and I don't think they get it in the mainstream media. Here's the story Fox News is reporting headline why some communities are distrustful 
of doctors and public health efforts. Amid COVID-19, monkeypox, polio, and more today, trust is the glue between doctor and patient, notes one physician. Trust. Now, that is an interesting word to use, isn't it? And the question for those of you out there that have lived long enough, is trust just given like a gift or is it earned? And is trust lost like you dropped a coin and can't find it or you don't know where you put your glasses or is it lost because of something you did very specifically to basically deceive so many, whether it be in the past or the present or whether you see enough past and present behavior that you can predict the future as well. Now, Fox News is, uh, I hear you type in there, Super D. Are you sending me a message or somebody else? <clears throat> um, I was typing a love letter <laughs> to, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, it didn't sound loving. You were like, bam, 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 bam. Uh, was, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what happens when you leave your mic open. Oh, is that it? That's what happened. That's, that's what it was. That's mm. what it was. But the trust in this case, they initially, they kind of go back to what? Tuskegee. The Tuskegee experiment. Uh, yeah, eventually they do. And, yeah. You know, I think, well, it's, and I think it's, it's important. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you know that this year is the uh, 50th anniversary of, of the uh, Tuskegee? I, well, was it the it, reveal? Because 1972. I think it's the reveal. Yeah. Associated they, they Press it. revealed it 50 yeah. years ago. 72. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was the big time. Like, oh, my gosh, what a shock. They infected people, particularly in this case, black men and, and uh, with syphilis and just said, let it run its course. Don't tell them anything and let's see what happens. Brutal and ugly, but it's kind of par for the course in allopathic Western medicine. Look what happened during Nazi Germany, World War II. The, the, the doctors that were experimenting on Jews, gypsies, gays, the infirm, the uh, you know handicapped, whatever. Vicious, brutal. So I'm not discounting that that's a part of the distrust, but you'd say it more targeted to the African-American or, or people of color community in America to look back and go, huh, why should I trust that they're not doing this again? Except that the argument is, well, we're doing it to everybody now, so trust us. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's not just black people. Well, White people, you, red people, yellow people. We got y'all. Trust you, us now. You make a very good point, and this is the thing that I've been saying forever. Mm-hmm. That, it, you know, it just it, it just chaps my hide <laughs> when when these guys get on, on, on a, you know, one of the news shows, and they're just like, you know, we just don't understand why people don't trust us. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. How far back do you want to go here? Mm-hmm. You know, on the rap sheet of the drug company that you happen to be the you know the the leader of or yeah. or the the CDC Pfizer, or Borla. the FDA how or many, whatever. How many billions has Pfizer paid out? In, you guys are corrupt, yeah. you know? I mean, guys. Core, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you guys don't even care if people know anymore. Yeah. You just expect them to trust you just because you know, well, yeah, we, we totally screwed all these people over and, and, and ripped these people off. And these people died from this drug or something like that. But mm-hmm. but I'm the new CEO, and now everything's different. Yeah. Right? You know, that's what they do. They just right. they, they, they replace somebody. They wallpaper it's over It's the same it. company, yeah. same thing going on, mm-hmm. but they expect people to forget. Yeah. And some people do. And that's the thing. Dude, you know, one of the more frustrating things about um, watching, having done this for a while now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and paying attention to the news and things as they happen and seeing the cycles as they repeat themselves in history yeah. as it repeats itself. And you just, every once in a while, you stop and you just, you just go, how can people keep falling for the mm. banana in the tailpipe? Yes, exactly. Right? You know, it's like, yeah. ah, 
I don't don't you remember? You know, it was just like five years ago or ten years ago. Yeah. You know, they did the same thing then, and they're doing it now, and and yeah. you're acting surprised about it. Yeah. How do people forget? But they you do. S- you see this big quote, pull quote out of this. Without trust, patients have little reason to follow their doctor's advice. It's not hard to see why that is worrying. Well. Yeah. Well, duh, if you don't trust your doctor, why would you follow their advice? If you recognize the conflicts of interest, you would question everything they tell you and you'd be right to do so, much less well, trying to get other opinions. But unfortunately, these doctor networks are so cl- close knit and they learn the same stuff that oftentimes the opinions are echoes of the uh, the drug company, you know, star chambers, so to speak. Yeah. So if they say trust is the key and I'm looking at, you know, under COVID-19. Do they acknowledge that the message has been completely fraught with lies and deception and fraud. I mean, do we have uh, enough they, background here? They do. They don't. It's not the focus of the article. the The focus of the article are the comments that this 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 uh, uh, person, this this Salerno, Doctor Salerno, uh, had to say about it, and about the Tuskegee thing. Mm-hmm. They do acknowledge the fact that during the pandemic, what they call inconsistent public health messaging That's which i a, think we could probably come up with a more colorful description yeah. inconsistent of, <laughs> of of what happened but the inconsistent public health messaging worsened the issue of trust in the medical profession and it's true mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah. I'll, I'll i'll give them i'll give them that okay um even though it was very very uh what, what do they say with with uh, uh gloves on yeah kit gloves kit on gloves on yeah yeah but um yeah it's true I mean, if if you look over the last two and a half years now that it's been, I mm-hmm. think is it two and a half? Yeah, well, yeah. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just been just one fumble after another. I swear the Three Stooges were running things, you know, as far as like you know, well, you know, it, it does this, it does that. Wear your mask. Well, I don't don't wear my mask, and it's just you know, it's just people people don't. Trust I said it. people the, don't the, trust the CDC. They don't trust the FDA. They don't trust the NIH. They don't trust Fauci or Walensky. Or anybody in the situation because they have just completely. But the trust, just... the trust that they might have had at the beginning, they it, they're responsible for losing it. It's, they are. No, they'd, 100%. Like to, they'd like to blame us. Hundred percent. They'd like to blame. It's our fault for bringing up their inconsistencies. It's if, all if of guys, those those would, crazy disinformation agents and the anti-vaxxers. It's all their fault. It has nothing to do with them lying yeah. through their teeth. Yeah, if you would just stop pointing out all of our inconsistencies, we'd be doing, we'd be getting along fine. Yeah. Which is why they, you know, censor and deplatform because those of us in the media, the real media, not the fake media, CNN and in a lot of cases Fox as well, even though again, there's some props in this article, I admit it, but it's really where they should be focusing on for the totality of it and with a little bit on other things, not to diminish Tuskegee and its importance, but it's like dude all you got to look at is the last two and a half years of bogus assertions. You know, well, on the other hand, though, maybe we shouldn't be giving them tips. <laughs> yeah, but what, what tips would we give them that they would go, oh, yeah, we lied the last two and a half oh, years. Oh, they won't listen. Trust us this time. Yeah, they won't not, They never do listen. In that if regard. they did listen, things would be different. And if y'all are listening to me, you'd be ordering some arched, what, guard to use around the house, pests. OrangeGuard.com, the delimiting that you can get distilled from the orange peel, the citrus peel. God's medicine, anti-bug, uh, so to speak. And those pesky bugs will be harmed like the ants you don't want or things like that. But it's not going to harm your little dog, your little kitty cat, or your little baby. 
You could spray it around the kitchen. It'll smell like oranges. We clean up, you know, technically you can clean with it. It's not cleaner officially, but the limonene is amazing. And you can dilute it for various uses in the garden. Uh, I utilize it, you know, I grow organically, no problem. I even ate it on the air, or drank it on the air. I don't recommend it, but it tastes nasty, but it didn't kill me. And uh, this is Orange Guard. You can get it at local Ace Hardware stores as well. And you could always go to orangeguard.com uh, to order yours and take a picture like I did here. And I'm eligible to win a gift. No, I'm not eligible. But if you <laughs> if you send a gift, a picture, let me say this, a picture with you and Orange Guard into Superdon, askrsb at gmail.com. Then we're going to do some kind of special thank you giveaway for those that have done that. And uh, we're waiting on more pictures, obviously. Uh, your garden, though, is looking good. You, you uh, harvested three mango zucchinis, and I was like, those are not space saver zucchinis. I, I think somebody sold you a false bill of goods on that plant. Look at the size of that zucchini. Yeah, they're all good three ones. of them. They're good yeah. ones, that, especially that middle one. That was hiding yeah. on the plant because it's so big, I didn't see it. That's massive. So we're having zucchini tonight. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well done, Super Don. Right? He said, uh, you know what? I, I keep I keep getting on you about things, not because I, I want to annoy you on purpose. I know it happens accidentally, but uh, because I care. <laughs> and, I know. And, and who knew James Richardson would be involved in a, a what you call an ambush on, on activity levels, so. Look Good at that. Job. Pretty amazing. Pretty inspiring, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm inspired by uh, Jamie Dorley and Nutritional Frontiers. Every time I get to hang around Jamie and the crew at NF, they're amazing people. They're good people. They're faith-based people. They on Honestly, they live what they believe, have great integrity and a passion for, for education as well as products. And if you're not already utilizing the U.S.-grown CBD hemp products, they have organic Colorado grown, very clean. Please go to cbdnf.com. You can use the code RSB15 to get discounts, 15% off, even, even sale items. And if you haven't signed up to become a customer of theirs yet, and you are listening to this for the first time, it's this simple. If you're in the United States in particular, you go to cbdnf.com, you sign up to become a customer. There's a drop down menu. You'll mention the Robert Scott Bell show. They're going to send you a bunch of samples. You can try. And you send a, the picture of those samples with you, like these folks did, wonderful people, into superdonaskrsb at gmail.com. And we will eventually do another giveaway. We're still waiting on some more entries. And then we'll do another drawing on the air for that. Uh, and uh, all the other great stuff that they have, including the SPMs. We've talked deep level inflammation, uh, the sleep time formula, helping people to sleep. There's so many good things that they have. And you can always get 15% off with the code RSB15. Uh, uh, so that's it for hour one. We got a whole other broadcast hour of uh, uh, great healing information. Uh, new, another new guest, this time Al Richards. We're going to talk about the issue of addiction and what's on the other side of addiction and how do you get there? Is it all over when you get to the other side or is it an ongoing thing? I got a lot of questions and I have a feeling that Al Richards got a few answers for us and another inspiring story of, of recovery. And finally, the you look marvelous story of the day. Uh, let's see. That was the, the poll question, in fact. Super Don put up there. We'll, we'll get, yeah, there it is. Is, is telling someone they look great when they really don't a lie or just being polite? I used to call it a white lie. So you think it's a lie, it's being polite, or you're not sure. We'll go to the uh, responses there in the second hour as well, or in the bonus round. Thank you for being here, robertscottbell.com. And uh, we'll take an education pause and be back with uh, another guest, another amazing guest, because the power to heal is yours.
Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. All right, this hour on the RSB Show, we are going to tackle uh, addiction in perhaps a new way, unique way. Uh, We've got Al Richards standing by. I'll be joining us in just a few minutes. I just want to take a few minutes as well uh, as we start this hour. Once again, to acknowledge uh, our our first hour, actually quite inspiring, to say the least. And, you know, you never know what happens. More often than not, they're pretty awesome. But uh, James Richardson, great, great. Please share that interview uh, for inspiration purposes. Strengthening. I was thinking about this guy, CF. And I was thinking connective tissue issues big time. And this guy has grown, you know, massive muscles, un- unprecedented in most uh, CF patients or people. And I was thinking connective tissue, what is he doing? So part of what I want to talk to him about off the air is not only what I might have to help him with if he needs help even, because he's doing great, but also to, I want to learn, hey, what are you doing? Talk to me about what you're doing and add to the body of knowledge we have here. There might be some things I missed. I was thinking in terms of connective tissue integrity, we've been talking for years about the lack of silicon or silica in the diet because it's been ripped out of so many things and so many minerals are depleted in the soils because of chemical agriculture and farming over the last hundred years or so. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's always more. And by the way, you can reach out to Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com to get so many of the things I, I didn't even get to mention copper hydrosol last hour bioactive copper hydrosol, getting copper back in. That's also a connective tissue issue. And a lot of what uh, he's dealing with is related to that. Uh, so there's some other things to discuss. I know that there was a question about lobelia. It's in Florida, but you can get the lobelia tincture. Also, Jonathan has that for lung health. That's God's medicine for the lungs and a lot of other things as well. And you might be able to grow lobelia too and maybe make your own. But the reality is if you can't or don't, don't want to, you have access to good quality lobelia for all of the, the medicinal purposes. And I say that because I don't sell it, but they have to talk about supplemental support, <laughs> structure, function. They can't talk about, oh, yeah, this actually will, quote, unquote, cure lung issues, right? Because freedom of speech is not something we appreciate here in the United States and haven't for a long time. And some of you might go, oh, Robert, what are you talking about? That's only a recent phenomenon from liberals. <laughs> well, I'll acknowledge that. The loony left at this point has been the uh, greatest, uh, let's say, destroyers of free speech in the last two and a half years, particularly. Uh, But cancel culture existed even before that. It just accelerated, went to steroids. Uh, But prior to that, the entire culture, left, right and center, was either unaware or did participate in this idea that if you have a natural substance and it can indeed cure, prevent, relieve, mitigate, any named or unnamed disease that you are unallowed or disallowed to communicate that, especially if you actually have that product for sale or you, you know, actually made it. And you think, well, isn't that legitimate, reasonable to stop people from talking about their own products? Like when does that ever stop big pharma <laughs> from selling their stuff, including the the subtle surreptitious way that they kind of train doctors to use their drugs off label without getting official approval from FDA. And yet they, the same freedom, whether you like that freedom or not, is completely disallowed for a dietary mineral supplement. Jonathan E. Mord fought back against the FDA all the way up to the Supreme Court, Pearson versus Shalala, on utilization of, or the, the, the recognition, acknowledgement, and the ability to communicate that selenium has very powerful properties to prevent and reverse cancer, even by winning. And he beat him eight times. You try to go in a health food store and find out a selenium product that says this is good for prevention and reversing of cancer. They would be shut down yesterday. 
So tell me freedom of speech is only about the liberals of today. Like I said, all of this goes back further, much like we talked about last hour, Tuskegee. For those uh, people of color in America, African-Americans, whatever, they look back and they go, I don't trust the medical industrial complex because of that. And that's right. But we can all look at that and say, I don't trust it because of that. Or we look at the last two and a half years and say they lied to us about just about everything about COVID. And why would I trust them? Why would I believe them? There's a long track record, but there's a recent track record as well. And you can look at them by what they do right now, just as much as what they've done in the past. Now, I'm not saying that people can't change. You've heard me talk about this many times. The possibility for an individual to have an epiphany, to have a coming to Jesus moment and actually mean it and live differently from that moment forward. I don't deny that. That happens. But in terms of an entire industry, that's a collective issue. That's not changed by one person suddenly having that epiphany. Because let's say the head of Pfizer, the Borla guy, suddenly came to Jesus and said, I'm going to do everything right. Oh my gosh, I've been participating in evil. It's horrible. He would be run out on a rail by the stockholders of Pfizer and the board of Pfizer. And the idea that if we just had one president, whether it be Trump or whoever you think, or even Ron Paul, it would change everything. No, the system is so corrupt that we have to decoupled from it, unplugged from it. This is why my questions to many people is how do you extricate yourself from a system of corruption, of demonic activity? Do you say, I'm going to go in there and correct it? And maybe some of you do, and I'm not going to disavow you of your intent. That's not my point in saying it, but I'm asking if you do the same thing over and over and get the same result. In other words, they keep growing, they keep growing. I voted for a Dem, I voted for a Republican, and the government keeps growing bigger and larger and larger, and it's a cancer on our... It's a pox on our house. <laughs> and you go, well, if I can just vote for the right person, if I can just make, maybe go in there. This is not me telling you what to do. It's just consideration of efficient paths. We've always, eh, we tried that a little bit, maybe a lot. And look where we are. Maybe it's time to do something actually different. And what about that in the realm of addiction? Is there to consider? I, I don't know. In my experience, you know, addiction hasn't been part of my life. Although, you know, I know my father, God rest his soul. He had issues in his family with addiction. And sometimes, you know, I know he would use a lot of alcohol, although I don't remember things like coming home drunk. And so it wasn't like that. But I recognized the vulnerability was there and is there in some cases. Some people overcome it. A lot of people don't. Some people go through 12 step programs and succeed. Some people go through those and don't succeed. Some people go to rehab clinics and most people don't succeed out of those traditional rehab clinics. Why? Maybe a lot of reasons to discuss as well. But as we join uh, this journey into addiction and get to the other side of it, Resilience Talk Network is one of the places we have linked up in the show notes today as it relates to our guest this hour. So I'd like to welcome Al. It's Richards. Yeah, we had Richard's son last hour. It's Al Richards this time on the Robert Scapell show. Al, thanks for being here with us today on the show. I, I, I'm always looking to learn. Yeah. I, I have a feeling you might be learning, willing to teach. I'm doing my best. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show, Robert. Greatly appreciate it. Well, listen, I, I look, we, we cover a lot of issues, health issues, of course. Um, I, I think about the politics of it. That's a lot of people think just distasteful to talk about, but I think about the same healing principles that I applied to the body and the mind and the spirit should and could be applied to the body politic, to economic issues and mental issues and addiction issues even. And uh, your journey is fascinating. I think if I read correctly and heard correctly, it was 
about your wife and her addiction primarily. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. My, my wife battled alcoholism starting. I like to make a joke that uh, we dated for three years and I decided to try marriage again. And then when we got married in May of 2009, um, everything went to shit <laughs> to basically say it bluntly. You know, <clears throat> I lost my job 24 years. Uh, that was in July. So just a couple months after we got married and then August of 2009, she lost her dad to a heroin overdose. Oh. And I knew my wife had a lot of pain, a lot of demons bottled up, you know, bottled up inside of her. Mm -hmm. I just didn't really know how bad. And then when life really started hitting, especially when we lost our home in 2010, I mean, everything just imploded from there. Wow. Was the, uh, the discovery of her addiction, were you aware of that prior to the marriage in those three years? Or was it something you looked at and said, oh, I can help, I can help you overcome this? Or is all this evolved into the marriage? Yeah, it all evolved in, in through the marriage, you know, and I've, I've been asked that question quite a few times. Mm -hmm. You know, when we dated for the three years, you know, we would have friends come over on the weekend, you know, and and have a few drinks and play darts or some card games. And we just casually drank. Um, she never ever got to where she would get extremely drunk or anything like that. So I never actually saw this coming up until, you know, like I said, around the end of 2009 into 2010. And that's when I really started seeing a lot of changes that started happening. Um, you know, and she's, she even says to this day, she's like, I would have never, ever thought that I would have ended up being an alcoholic because she really had issues with her dad being a heroin addict. Hmm. And then here she is the only one out of all her siblings that ends up with an addiction as well. Well, it's been claimed that, uh, you know, alcohol may be tougher to break than heroin and other things. You know, you hear all of these stories of those that have been so drawn to this. And the question is of the many methods that have been utilized. Of course, the most, I guess, most known among them is the 12 step program. Um, and it, it can work and help some people, but some people doesn't. So I acknowledge that it might be, you know, how do you step outside the box to deal with addiction in the case of your wife? And, and how has that impacted your journey to teach or help others to get to the other side of addiction? You know, us on the other side of the addiction, Robert, we don't understand it. We, we think we do, but we don't know crap. Hmm. You know, I used to tell my wife all the time, just stop, just yeah. flip and stop because I can choose to have a drink or not. It doesn't matter to me. Right. But for them, it's it's not that easy. And it's not it's not the drugs, it's not the alcohol, it's not the prescription pills, it's not the porn, it's not the eating, it's not the gambling. All that is is just the band-aid. There's something else that's going on inside of a person to cause them to use this other stuff to to help numb the pain that they're that they're going through. And you know, when I first started talking about addiction and sharing my story at the beginning of 2020, you know, I had a lot of people coming, coming to me and pulling me off the side saying, Hey, I don't know if you knew, but I used to be an addict. And these are people that I knew for years and I had no clue. And I really started understanding how widespread, I mean, this affects pretty much almost every family. And when they say it's a family disease, it really is a family disease. And I've had guests on my podcast that said, they didn't like the 12 steps, didn't work for them. I'm one that went to Al-Anon and I have other people that I know that went to Al-Anon. Al-Anon worked well for them. It didn't work for me at all. 
And I started realizing that there's not a lot of resources out there for people like ourselves who have been on the other side other than Al-Anon. And of course, there's a lot of Facebook pages and group pages now that you can go to for support. Sure. And by the way, Al, for people that don't know, if, if I'm not mistaken, Al-Anon was designed for the families of those who have a loved one that is going through the addiction. And how do you get support and see it through that 12-step program's eyes, so to speak? Yes. Yeah. And like I said, it just wasn't a fit for me, Robert, because uh, I remember I walked into my third meeting, uh, this place that we went to. My wife went to an AA meeting downstairs. Mm -hmm. I went to an Al-Anon meeting upstairs. And when I walked out of there, I was so flippant angry. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife, I'm like, I will never show my face in here again, because all it was, at least in that group, I'm not saying mm -hmm. this is what happens with all the groups, because they're all different. But with the group that I was in, all they did was gripe and moan about their loved one and all this terrible stuff that they're doing. And yes, they're doing it. I mean, they got a right to, to talk about it, but it's not what I want to hear. I want to go in there and I want to figure out a solution. Right. How can we, how can we help this person that we mm -hmm. love and we care about? How can we help them? Because we're watching them kill themselves very, very slowly right in front of us. And it is a painful thing to watch because you know, it's not that person. So it's, uh, that was a tough one for me. And yeah, I, I know. And Al, you, you, the things that you're sharing with your podcast as well, get the other side of addiction. It's a lifelong journey for many, perhaps it'll always be that. I, I think one of the things that some people don't like about the 12 step program is, you know, that it, hi, my name is and I'm an alcoholic. In other words, it's, it's reinforcing the, I don't know if it's a stigma, but certainly the you're wearing something that may not be yours to wear, right? Is it always that? And that's their perspective. That's their perception. I get it. And it helps many, but some don't resonate with that. And some have overcome the addiction and now they're not, they're not as powerless in a sense. They're, they're not drawn to it. So the transformation can happen in that way too. And that's why I say whatever path is right to get you out of it, I'm happy and supportive of whatever you're doing to get you out of it. But the point is yeah. your journey has brought some uniqueness. That's why you're doing what you're doing to share it with others. I don't know in the time we have today together, you can share a few tips or things that have been successful. Yeah. Well, and just to elaborate just really quickly off of what you just said, Robert, you know, when I'd go to AA meetings with my wife to support her, she'd get up and just like you said, she'd say, hi, my name's so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic. And I've said for quite a few years, the words that follow I am follow you. Yeah. And I'm like, why the hell? When we left a meeting, I don't know how many meetings it was, but finally mm. on the way home one day, I said, you know, it's up to you. But I really wish that you would start saying, hi, I am so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic because you're labeling yourself as an mm. alcoholic. You are in recovery right now. You're not an alcoholic because you're not drinking all the time. And now that's what she does. She gets up and says, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm in recovery. Mm -hmm. So she's getting rid of that label because society has already put a label on these yeah. people. Well, you Why don't do want to rein reinforcing it. It, it yeah. becomes a vibration that you carry with you. Words are powerful and you speak them into reality, that, that truth. And so I appreciate that you acknowledge that too. And as I said, I'm sensitive to this issue and topic because I know some people will say, hey, I, it saved my life to go through that. I don't deny that for anybody. My point is for others that have a different journey out of this mess, you know, what can they learn? What can they find out from the other side of addiction, your podcast or other things that they can resource with you? Well, what they can find is a lot of guests that have come on our show that have done it without the 12 steps. I mean, we've had people that have done it on their own, not recommended, but they have done it on their own. We've had people come on and go through the 12 steps. 
We've had people that, you know, went to four, five, six, like my wife, she went to seven recovery centers before, you know, she finally started waking up. Mm-hmm. It, you just got to find something that works for you. And, and it's up to that person to want it because yeah. if you're going to recovery, like my wife did for the first three times that she went to recovery, she was going to recovery for me. That doesn't work. You know, because after about the second time in recovery, she knew how to zip mm-hmm. right through the program. Yeah. And it's it's something that I really, really have a hard, hard time with because, again, it's got to be up to that person. And another thing I really have a hard time with that even a lot of our guests will share with the recovery centers that they went through. You know, when you go to a recovery center, they give you 30 days 60 days, 90 days. Sometimes you can be in there for a couple months. I mean, three, four, five months, six months. My wife was in there six months. And who determines how long they stay? It's not the person. It's not the people that's helping them. It's the flipping insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Just depends on how much money they decide they want to pay in to helping somebody. Right. Why the hell are we leaving somebody's life in the hands of an insurance company. Sure. Whether it be private, semi-private or government, uh, you're, you're asking bureaucrats to determine what, what you need and they have no real knowledge of it other than their bottom line. How much are we going to pay out based on our return on the, uh, you know, the end of the year. And so it's a very dangerous place to be, to put yourself there. And then people will say what, but if I want to go to something else, my insurance doesn't cover it. And so they get trapped and locked into that. Now we've yeah. had some people that I've talked with that were addicted to various things, whether it be cigarettes, alcohol, hard drugs, even prescription opioids. They've gone, for instance, to Central America and got you know a, a shaman to help guide them with ayahuasca and or other things, iboga, different things that I, I've heard about over the years. Uh, that they come back and they're transformed because there's some kind of biochemical shift and some kind of spiritual journey they went on. I'm not going to deny that that happens because their life is a testament to they actually changed. Is it right for everybody? I don't know, but certainly insurance companies are not covering it. And if you tried to do that here in the United States, there would be government agents trying to shut you down because there's a monopoly on addiction treatment in America. Yes, I, I agree with you 100 percent. And that's another reason why I wanted to start this show. I wanted to get rid of the stigma about the addiction and the people who battle those addictions, you know, and. <clears throat> It's kind of crazy because I've talked with people who take prescription drugs now. And you said it here on the last show, you were talking about big pharma and different Mm -hmm. things. I understand that there are medicines out there that really help people a lot and they need to take them. But we have a lot of people, too, that take Xanax, Oxycontin and different things because of pain or depression or anxiety or whatever it is. And. There are people that are hooked on this stuff, but it's okay. Society looks at it as that's fine. And the reason why it's fine is because my doctor prescribed it to me. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But you go downtown and you go and you see the addicts walking down the street. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. They're flipping monsters. They're evil. Yeah. They're nasty. You know, and, and it's not true. There are, there's a human being underneath that shell mm-hmm. that has been you know, the shell's been put around them and it's, it's, it's keeping them from being who they, who they truly, truly are. And um, that's just something that I really, really have a hard time with. And, 
you know, I, I brought up a point in the show the other day. My wife's really been struggling looking for a job. And, and thank goodness she finally got one. But she would get a job. And then when her background check would come back, they would end up letting her go because of the stuff she did three years ago. Yeah. And it happened to her twice. So what I'd like to get out to society is like, hey, and I'm just as guilty. I'm not innocent by all means. You drive downtown and you look at these people and you're like, why don't they get their crap together? Why don't they give back to society? Why don't they get their lives back on track? Well, you get quite a few that really, really want to do that. And then they go into trying to get their life on track. No one wants to give them the light of day. So what do they do? They go back to what they're comfortable with again. You know, they're, they mm -hmm. feel like they're worthless. They made, they made it, you know, in, in Hollywood, they've covered these things as well. And, and they kind of made it a funny story. If you remember the Ant-Man movie. Right. Yeah. The guy was a thief, Scott Lang. He comes out, he's got a, a job at Baskin Robbins for a day or two. And then they track his background and said, Oh, you're a criminal. So, you know, he was trying to make his life better. Now I know that's a fictional movie, but that happens in real life. Somebody comes out and actually trying to change their life. And then they're condemned forever because of that past. And yeah. as I say, I, I try to be compassionate about this because we've encountered this over, over the years where people have a past, like we all do. If we're all judged on our worst day, or even close to it, man, we're never getting anywhere in life. But those things often are, are stepping stones on our journey to do extraordinary things as the people we feature here on this show often. And I think about the transformation that's very real that people do, including, as you described, you know, looking at people out there in the street homeless and you say, oh, they're all, well, no, they're not all. Uh, yes, there are some that yes. have no interest in recovery, et cetera, but there are those that have genuinely tried. And and I ask people to be sensitive to that message. And I talk about the voice of spirit communicating to you that that person needs help. And you're, you're brought into that sphere and suddenly you do something out of even the norm for you. And it's like being willing to be, I call it being a fool for God in a sense, in that moment, going beyond what you would mentally say, no, 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 I would never do that. But you're being messaged in that sense. And I think in terms of the spiritual aspect and the physiological aspect of addiction, we've talked about, for instance, hypoglycemia. And that is a low blood sugar scenario. Normally you would crave sugar or something like that. But in the yeah. same scenario, that craving can lend itself to alcohol, to other drugs, to addictions of, of gambling, other things like that, because it's, a, it's, it's a, a deficiency in the body and it's interpreted in various ways. And so we reach out to fill that void and it can be as simple sometimes as shoring up the minerals in somebody. And, and watching the addiction just fade away because it wasn't truly, let's say, from emotional or mental abuse or things, because that happens too. But in some cases, it's simply a physical lack and you fill that void and suddenly the body, you're like, I, I didn't need that. I thought I did. And now I, I'm fine. And that's one aspect of it. Another aspect, and I'm just throwing this out for your consideration and, and discussion points. You can, you can, you know, kick them to the curb, whatever, <laughs> is the spiritual side of things in our reality is more than physical beings, that we are spiritual beings, we inhabit a body and that we can become vulnerable to what I would call psychic attack or entities on the other side that craved alcohol in their lifetime, for instance. And on the other side, they found a vulnerability in someone who has poked holes from the inside in their own whatever auric field. And they, they are vulnerable to some would call them evil spirits, but basically glomming on and also in in initiating actions that that person might not take on their own to suddenly reach out for alcohol or drugs because they want that sensation. And I know that's a whole other realm of discussion, but I'm willing and open to discuss all of these aspects of addiction because each case is unique. They're not all the same. 
Right. And, and you, you're right. Uh, we had a guest on our show that uh, has watched a lot of our shows. And she goes, you know, I've noticed that a lot of the stories are the same, but yet they're not. Mm-hmm. And, and she nailed it right on the head. And we talk a lot of, in our show about spirituality. And it's amazing. The, I just had a gal on my show a week ago. And her son's battling addiction, heroin and alcohol <clears throat> right now. And and she said that somebody told her that uh, the ones that don't beat their addiction, the addiction and the devil's got such a hold on them that God brings them back home. And that's why they don't make it. But the ones that do have the strength to overpower, these are the ones who now are going out and helping other people and say, look, I'm here. I know what you're going through. I've been there give your life up give your life up to god if you don't believe in god give it up to a higher power if you don't believe in a higher power fix something that's or find something that's greater than you you know my my wife shared one time in a story when we were out talking to a recovery center um this gal was was talking about that she didn't believe in god and didn't believe in a higher power and my wife said look just believe in something greater than you and she's like like what and my wife says i was at an aa meeting once and this guy got up and talked and he believed the same thing that you're believing. And he said his his higher power or his belief was a goldfish. So that's what his higher power was for him, was, was a goldfish. And pick a rock, pick a mountain, but you have to have something that's greater than you to help you get through this battle. And us on the other side, we have to do the same thing. I don't know how many times I hit my knees asking God, why am I going through this? I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And when I finally said, look, all right, man, I give up. Everything's in your hands. And that's when life really started changing for, for both my wife and myself. Mm, Beautiful. And And I love the creative imagination involved with, Hey, if you don't believe in God, Try goldfish, try a pet rock. I yeah, mean, you have yeah. the creative imagination that I believe is imbued by our godliness, our, our very divinity. And so we have the creative capacity to utilize whatever image that works. As they said, for people that are Christ-centered, to utilize that focal point is very powerful. But what do you deal, you know, if somebody's not there with that, do you, do you say, oh, you're done, sorry, can't help? Or do you say, hey, what is it that will resonate for you? to give you that spiritual impetus to, to make that leap, to, to go forward, to continue and to overcome. Another thing that uh, I've seen, I've witnessed this, I've talked with people, for instance, uh, retired you know soldiers, maybe PTSD, they become addicted to various drugs, including heroin. And uh, back in Florida, you know, I had some friends that introduced me to this thing called Kratom, K-R-T-O-M. I don't know if you've encountered that yet. And yes, this is a, I have. Yeah. A plant from Southeast Asia that apparently works with the opioid receptors, but not in a way that if you took it, you stop breathing and you die. It's like an amazing thing. And I talked with some of these people that were addicted to heroin and came off of heroin with a botanical like Kratom. And, and then there are people in the in various regulatory agencies, state and federal trying to ban Kratom. I'm like, you're getting people off of heroin and, and other drugs. You want to ban that? You should be investigating it with all of your heart to find out why it worked. And so that's, an, again, another example of not everybody, but significantly addicted people. That has been something that was sa- saved their lives. So yeah. I look at all of these various things. Sounds like you're covering a lot of that with your podcast. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what's really cool with all the guests that we have come on, um, Robert, because 
you said it earlier, you know, everyone's story is kind of the same, but yet they're all unique. And we've had people that have gone through recovery in a lot of different ways, like, like I mentioned earlier. And it's really, really cool to see to see the transformation in a lot of these a lot of these people and with with you saying that there are other natural things out there to help with addiction absolutely i mean there are a lot of different things out there and the government doesn't want us to have it because they don't yeah they want to be able to control us and and i hope i'm not hurting anybody's feelings by saying that but if i am oh well not here not here your show is about no no you you are you are right there they want us numb they, yeah. they want us numb. They don't want us to have our act together because if we have our act together, then how yeah. are they going to control us? And I see this in the addiction world mm-hmm. so flipping much, like the insurance companies, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah. And something's got to change. I mean, we've been throwing people in jail for how many years because of addiction? And there are some, yes, there are some that mm-hmm. belong in prison or in jail but there are others that don't they don't belong there and it's not doing anything for them when my wife first went to jail and she got out she's like wow i know where to get anything i want on the streets and i know exactly which corner everything addictions are fed profoundly efficiently in prison Uh, so the idea that that's that's great part of the war on drugs which really was never about the war on drugs it was, you know, a war to perpetuate the growth of a centralized bureaucracy that would addict us, control us. And, you know, part of, our, I think, our maturing or maturation, whether it be through addiction and beyond it or other things, is to acknowledge and recognize what you said. We've got a lot of false prophets and false idols, including daddy and mommy government that claim they're here to help us. In reality, they're here to make us more dependent on them, which is never an empowered situation. Yeah. You know, and, and I want to bring something up, Robert. I don't know how many people out there have watched the movie or the series Dope Sick. I heard about Dope Sick. I haven't seen I it I would highly, highly recommend getting on Hulu and watching it. Michael Keaton is plays a doctor in it. He's, he's recently won some awards, and so has a few of the other actors. But I tell you what, you watch that series, your blood is going to boil. Because this is a true story of the Sackler family. They're the ones that came up with Oxy. And they're the one that saturated the United States with Oxycontin. And how they went about doing it, there mm-hmm. how many of us have gone to the doctor and I don't I, I don't go to the doctor very much, so I don't know if they still do it, but they used to hold up that little sign with all this the faces. One to yeah. ten. One to and, ten, your pain level. Yeah. Yeah. What's your pain level? Guess who invented that? The Sackler. Yeah, Sackler family. Yeah. They're the ones that did it. And it shows how the FDA got around it, how how they ended up manipulating them, I guess. And again, mm-hmm. you said in a show earlier about not believing the FDA. Uh, I don't believe a damn thing they say. No, you, you want to survive all. this life, you better do the opposite often of what the FDA indicates to do, as we found with CDC, NIH, the Fauci's of the world, etc. We have got to become uh, resilient, independent, and look to sources, and I mean the sources that are beyond even the control of any governmental agency anywhere, because a yeah. lot of this stuff is is so man, deceptively 
it's brilliant in terms of how they deceive us because it looks just right. It's scientific. It comes with all the imagery and yet it drives us further into state of dependence and victim status, if you will. And, um, you know, that it locks people who have the tendency to be addicted or be in the throes of addiction to never get out, uh, because they're a profit center as well. Yep. And when they talk about the pill boxes, you know, I mean, they were all over the United States. People could just go and stand in line and, and wait for their oxy and, and people were getting away from, I mean, these guys are criminals. They're yeah, flipping they criminals. And it blows my mind with what recently just happened where they raid a president's home, mm -hmm. you know, but yet you've got other people like the Sacklers who are making billions oh, yeah. and billions getting of dollars. Getting away with murder every day yeah, they're murdering yeah. people yeah. and there's a lot of people i've had a guy on my show his name was his name is ed bish and he's fighting them his son overdosed from oxycontin that's the first time you've ever heard of it mm -hmm. and he's been going after him and uh he's like how the stuff that we're digging up and yeah. we can't win in court they can't win in court why because the sacklers have a ton of money mm -hmm. and no one's listening to them and it's and it's really really sad because our youth they're dying they're flipping dying. They get hooked on oxy, and then when they it's hard to find oxy, heroin's the next choice, and that's exactly what they go to. That's why we have such an issue mm -hmm. with heroin. And um, to get political on stuff, you know, on the other show we're talking about COVID, where they're still showing commercials on getting vaccinated and all this shit. Why the hell aren't we seeing crap about uh, the fentanyl issue? Mm -hmm. Fentanyl poisoning has now killed more people than what was killed in World War One. And yeah. they're not saying nothing about no, it. No, I know. And, and of course, the whole COVID thing, we realize that people didn't die of COVID. They died of the treatment for it, as always in modern medicine, primarily. And then, of course, now the jabs and all of that. But you're right. The fentanyl uh, issue, the deaths to that. You, you talk about a state of emergency that might be more real. Uh, that is not the COVID thing. So, yeah, we've yeah. got a lot, lot in common, Al, with what we do here. You are focused on the other side of addiction. And I'm yes. grateful to connect with you. I see it's uh, resiliencetalknetwork.com. How often is there a new show? Is it a regularly scheduled thing like this show? Or just does it appear and it's just there to, to watch whenever? Yeah, it's regularly scheduled. So Resilience Talk Network, Brad Newfield, as you see there in the red shirt, he is the guy that started Resilience Talk Network. And uh, the name says it all, Resilience. It's people who have gone through a lot, of, a lot of crap in their life and have come mm -hmm. out on top and our shows come out every monday and every thursday and so our shows are recorded so we we record two shows every thursday and um yeah mondays and thursdays they come out and we're looking at wanting to get into some of the live stuff like what you do robert yeah. so there's a lot of information that we feel that needs to be shared um I wish I would have had the video ready in time, but uh, we just had like a, a Lemma Harrington for mm -hmm. everyone that lives in Utah. A lot of people know who a Lemma is. You know, he does the zone for the jazz and and he used to do the KSL sports until he got busted by in heroin at, in Pioneer Park and mm -hmm. does a lot of the Mr. Matt commercials now. But he gave us a really, really good testimonial about how we we get a message out there to let people know who are on the other side don't do what i did don't don't let don't get yourself addicted to who your loved one's addiction because that's what i did my my life revolved around my wife's addiction mm -hmm. and that was one of the reasons why i wanted to share it because it 
it got so bad in 2019, I was coming home from a networking group and I had made my mind up. I couldn't come home to what I was coming home to every day. I couldn't deal with stuff. And I was going to go home and get my pistol and go out up in our mountains and mm. I was going to take my life. Wow. And I figured if I did that, that would get my wife to stop. Mm. And luckily I got a phone call. And when I hung up, I saw the picture of my two daughters and my three grandkids. I broke down, just started bawling. Oh, but man, there's got to be a different way. And when mm. I first started talking about it, as I said earlier in the show, a lot of people started coming up to me that I've known for years saying that they battled an addiction. I mean, I go to the gym Monday through Friday and I've met people that they battled addiction or their husband or wife or their mom or dad. And mm. I'm just in shock. And to be able to share a message with people who have battled addiction, and I get to share my message of what I went through with my wife, mm -hmm. as well as other people who have been on our show who have been in the same position that I am, we can really relate. And for us to educate ourselves, because when you talk about addiction, people don't want to hear, they don't want to hear, no. they, they shut completely out because it's taboo. Well, it's not taboo. It's time we stop putting the freaking sheets over it. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it because we need to. Well, we need to save you're, our people, right? You're definitely doing it with the podcast site, and I hope uh, everybody will plug in. And if I can do anything to help or even appear on one of the episodes to talk about my perspectives on it, uh, I'd be happy to participate, whatever you can do. Oh, absolutely. We would love to have you, Robert, because, uh, yeah, with, with your background and what, what you've been doing – you would be a phenomenal guest. That's yeah. It, you never know the things we've discussed and, and there's a wide variety of things we've covered in the short time together today. You never know what, what lights up for someone that says, uh, this is the theme. I tried everything, but I haven't tried that. Yeah. And there, that's, there's always one thing or another one thing. Now I have in the show notes today, by the way, if, if those of you who are listening or watching the show live Tuesday, August 16th, 2022, uh, Al's going to be speaking at the Healing Utah Success Summit in St. George. And that's about an hour and 20 minutes from Las Vegas, if I remember about by car, uh, and about four hours from the Salt Lake area. Uh, August 20th, Saturday, August 20th. So that's two days from now at the Dixie Convention Center from 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, mountain Time. And you're going to be there with Mallory. How do you pronounce her last name? Roish? So it's Roosh. Yeah, Roosh. she when Roosh. she was on her show. She just does uh, like think of the yeah. word douche, but just put an R in front. <laughs> I guess that's an easy way to remember it. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she wrote uh, Inspired to Recover uh, and Dave DeRocher. Uh, yeah, Dave DeRocher. He is yeah. the um, executive director of the Other Side Academy downtown Salt Lake. Okay. Phenomenal man. Um, both of them have just an incredible story to share. Okay. And uh, yeah, guys, come and check us out. It's going to be very inspirational, especially for those who are on the other side of addiction like myself. Mm. It'll help you understand what addicts go through in their life. And, but they also let you know there is hope and there mm. is possibility and there is recovery. It is possible. Yeah. Well, Al Richards, God bless you for all that you're doing. Uh, check out ResilienceTalkNetwork.com. Links are up in the show notes at RobertScottBell.com. And uh, any other updates uh, you want to let let loose on on, uh, on our show with this audience, happy to, happy to have you back. I appreciate all you're doing. 
Oh, I, I would love I would love to come back again, Robert. And I, I will get a hold of you, uh, find out how to get a hold of you. And we would love to have you come on the show and uh, yeah, share your knowledge. But yeah, guys, hey, just just check us out. Find us on YouTube under the other side of addiction. You can see the big uh, green and blue AR stands for Al Richards or you can go addiction recovery. It's kind of another way of looking at it. But, uh, you'll find us on all the major platforms. Please come and see us at St. George. If anyone's interested, um, contact me. You can email me at mralrichards.gmail.com. And we have a link for the Hilton Gardens down there where you can get a discounted room if you uh, come to the show. Yeah, I know it's the last minute for some, but some, this is that, you know, God moment where it's like, oh my gosh, this is, I had no idea. And and you'll be, you'll be there and, and be transformed. So Again, Al, thanks. Thanks for being on board today. We'll look forward to meeting you in person one day at an event or connecting with you on your podcast as well as we'll let, let people know this is available around the world shortly after the show as a podcast as well. Thank you. And and before I sign off, I want to say thank you to my buddy, Laban Ditchburn. Laban, uh, yes, we love him. He's the Laban. one that connected me with you guys. He was a guest on my show as well, as well as his lovely wife, Anna. Yeah. So, Laban, thank you so much for connecting me with these guys. Greatly appreciate it. And, Robert, yeah. thank you to your whole team. Greatly oh. appreciate you guys. Yeah, me and Super Don and Kevin out there helping out as well. Thank you all. And all of you that support this show directly or indirectly, simply by sharing it, it's tremendous. And, of course, those of you who want to support us by being uh, patron sponsors, we have our monthly AMA and all kinds of bonus things for you. Uh, and we'll tell you about that coming up soon as well. Al Richards, God bless you. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Wow. Terrific, terrific topics and guests today. I, I, you know, it's exciting to wake up every day doing this show, not just because of the catharsis I received by letting the stuff off my chest, but because of the amazing people we get to meet. Super Don, this guy, Al was amazing. And you, know, we, you and I have talked a little bit about addiction. You've been touched by addiction in your life as well. And Almost everybody it's has, topic, quite honestly. It's actually a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, fortunately, it's been so long since it's mm. been an issue that it's not something we really talk about much anymore. Sure. I know we did there for a while, but it was, um, yeah. I mean, be, uh, what, well, whatever. But do you, Don't do you get me the, started. But no, no, I know. <laughs> look, it's very personal. It's but, a very but, important, look, it's a hugely yeah. important issue. And I, I related to a lot of what Al uh, said there. It struck mm -hmm. a nerve for me mm -hmm. because I, I was knee deep in, yeah. in uh, that situation in one form or another uh, yeah. for, for quite a while. And, yeah. you know, it's a, a, people, they, they, there, there's some weird disconnect mm -hmm. where, uh, the people just it's like as soon as somebody becomes a quote addict or they're not even an addict they just yeah. they had some sort of problem whether mm -hmm. it was with alcohol or dirt or something like that suddenly there are some people they're so judgmental they suddenly they get they get shoved off into like this this other category now yeah and and it's something that uh it, it just it causes a bigger problem compassion deficiency disease <laughs> i call it, it. yeah CDC. people suck yeah humans suck we <laughs> you know when it comes yeah. to oh somebody's struggling and having a problem you know whether we're talking about the addiction situation yeah. or the homeless situation sure. and quite often those two things are connected yeah okay Very, well you know when and you al talked about losing his home at a certain point yeah. dealing with Dude, the addiction hey, i've done that before i've been yeah. there i know yeah. what that's like and you know yeah. the the people sometimes all it takes is somebody just give somebody a chance that's all they need is yeah. somebody give them a hand and just go, Hey, look, you know what? 
you know, you're a human being. I care about you. How can I help you? You know, and super Don, that's not to say there aren't cases. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard of them too. I've talked to folks that like they have a family member that all they do is take, 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 and they're not really genuinely interested in transforming. And they're, and you become the enabler in a sense. Those people that are too, out right? there. And unfortunately yeah. everybody yeah. will lump all those people all together. Right. It's not every yeah. case, but those exist and they make it harder for those yeah. that are genuinely trying to overcome that addiction. Yep. Hmm. But we also learned, once again, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. No. The, the path that works for somebody doesn't work for another. And that's it's why not, I, I like talking I about I was all laughing when you guys were talking about AA because yeah. <laughs> I yeah. totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. Where it's, you know, it works for some people. It does. Yeah. But it's not a one-size-fits-all, you yeah. know. And, and for other people, no. I mean, it's, it's not going to work because AA has a tendency to convince people. Yeah. That that your your alcoholism is something you are gonna have for the rest of your life. Once an alcoholic, always an always, alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, and so, and the only way that you cannot be an alcoholic or or, or relapse is if you do the twelve steps every day, well, which includes every day, it, which includes know? what saying you're an alcoholic. It is a hundred percent. You know, or or some people have problems with the higher power thing. You know, and I understand some people look, and it is, it's all in the mind, you know, the, 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 my pet rock is my higher power, you know, it's yeah, like, right. you can't do it. Some people can't do that and they need something different. They need mm-hmm. something they can relate to something that touches them, yeah. um, that gives them a reason to do it Yeah. because if somebody doesn't have a reason to do it, they're not going to do it. They're just going to mm-hmm. go through the motions and it's going to do no good for anybody. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I, yeah, the cool, cool topic, cool topic, yeah. something we don't talk about much, but it's a look very at this. One. I, you just forwarded me a message from Melanie. I did, yes. Mel, hey there. Well, I had a lot to say on today's show, but I was driving earlier and could not. I hope I didn't give Melanie's last name away. So in case this is, I, you know, this is just moves me to tears when somebody does this. Yeah. Uh, could not comment on the gentleman in the first hour, but I would love to buy him, uh, basically unlock the power to heal. Um, and so he could have the whole thing, not just the chapter. If you send him the whole book, I'll send you the money. Um, matter of fact, you might want to send me one too. <laughs> said. Uh, These are our listeners. Yeah, yeah this is the ca- this you know, is the community of the Robert Scott Bill Show. The thing is, and, and I acknowledge yeah. Mel. Look, I, I'll send him the whole book, and you don't have to send me money. That's not the issue. I I just didn't want to impose my thing on you know. It's it's sensitive because the guy's doing great. So I'm not here to go. Oh, I know better. That's not my point. I hope he didn't take it that way. But it's right. more or less. Hey, I think I've got things to learn from him. What he's overcome to, to achieve where he's at at 29. Think about that. Who am I to say, I know every, I'm just like, dude, dude's done a lot. So I'm saying part of me is I, I want to talk to him and ask him specifically about what have you done? Now there right. might be things that I can add and go, you didn't know about, Oh, I didn't know. What, yeah. And so there can be great benefit in that too for him. And I acknowledge that, but I, I hope I didn't come across super Don as going, Oh, well, you think you've done good here. Try I, I, definitely didn't want to do that uh and i don't think i did but no uh, that, that's uh, uh but i'm genuinely moved by uh the folks well today that we've had on both both al and uh and then we had uh, james on but i God, it, it just waking up in the day going well, what's the what's the show going to do today it's exciting isn't it a little bit Sometimes yes. trepidatious, but it tends to be more wonderful than not. And thanks to Kevin for, yeah. for creating that environment. Yeah. 
Yeah, and again, shout out to uh, Laban and connecting us with some good people as well. And all of the the family grows in that way. Dude, so, we need to get him back on the show. That guy is a, that guy's Laban. A Laban's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. Ditchburn, Laban, Ditchburn. Yes. Uh, so, Super Don, you look marvelous. Do I? Well, I wonder. Do you believe me when no, I say that? I don't. Is it a little white Because I know, I know better. <laughs> well, you know what. Uh, can you let your hair down? Because then you really will look marvelous. Enough with the ponytail. Let's see that wild rock star, awesome hair that you have. Because, yeah. Well, it's 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 not going to look very good just because it's been in a ponytail. But, well, you know. still, dude, that's yeah. amazing. I I, right. I can't do that. You that's like so that? Cool. I, like it's, that? I think yeah. Nancy likes that better too. My wife. Oh, so does she? <laughs> whatever it's worth. I need to. Yeah, I need to do something with it. But yeah, no, it's amazing. So the question of the day that you pose to the newsletter uh and the newsletter and those that receive it is it time to find out the results of that uh well let's just first real quick here the reason why what Mm -hmm. uh what inspired the question of the day there was a survey that was done you'll find this over at study finds Mm -hmm. and uh it it had specifically it was specifically about uh poker players right Mm -hmm. talking about uh, a poker face. You've heard of poker All right, face, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, know? bluffing. They call it bluffing, too. Yeah. You got a good poker face, or you yeah. got a terrible poker face, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Lady Gaga even came out with a song called Poker Face. <laughs> but in any in any case, this uh, survey was, was commissioned by the online betting guide mm-hmm. and conducted by one poll. And they, they took a bunch of people and they said, hey, you know, if you're, when is it okay? When do you have a good poker face? When do you think that you ought to start bluffing or whatever and mm-hmm. it turned out in this survey that uh when they asked people when do you think it's a good time to employ your bluffing skills mm-hmm. uh 32 percent went said when playing poker makes sense right yeah you know, it's, right. It's, it's a strategy right it's a tactic but then they also said 30 uh, percent said when someone asks you if you like what they're wearing or you don't <laughs> and 27% said you should bring out your bluffing skills when someone makes you a horrible meal. <laughs> and it got me to it, it got me to thinking about it. I was like, "No, oh, that's kind of a normal thing. I think everybody had to deal with that at one point or another in their life." Mm-hmm. And so I thought, "Hey, let's see what our our subscribers have to say. If they were in a situation, what would they do?" And so here's the question: Is telling someone they look great when they really don't a lie? Or just being polite, and so the choice you had there was it would it would be a lie, be it would be polite, or you know, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who hasn't been in that situation? Now, there's a lot of exceptions. To, I think you know us being guys, especially. You know, how many times has the wife said, does, 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 "Do I look do I look fat in this in this dress?" Or, in or these does jeans. this not look? Don't go down that road. Don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's like. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Is it, are, are you going to, are you lying? So do we, or? do we get the answer to it or we have to do it in bonus round? Oh, uh, well we can, I'll tell you what, uh, for the podcast people, I want to put it out there real quick. Okay. So the, uh, result was, we can go over a minute or so here. Okay. The result is, uh, if you had to guess, what would you say? Um, is being polite. I, I think it's, it's being polite. Yeah. A little bit more, or a little bit less. Zoom out here. Here we go. Uh, it's it's not a slam dunk, but it's a lie. Look at a little that. Fifty one percent of our subscribers say that if you told somebody they look great when they really don't, yeah, that you'd be it would be a lie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's a subjective thing too, though. Let's I, let's discuss this on the other side of the break. If okay. you're if you're listening to the uh, podcast, you'll get this. If you're on UK Health Radio, you'll sorry. have to come listen to the podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, as the Canadians say. All right, we've yeah. got to wrap it up. Uh, thank you to Al. Thank you to James. Thank you to all y'all for being here. Please share the show. Uh, and uh, also get some Orange Guard and check us out with the upcoming events. This weekend, Autism One. Oh, we got the Health Freedom Expo, of course, coming up middle of October. You want to join us there, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And the, uh, well, there's a lot more we'll talk about in the bonus round. Stand by for that because the power to heal is yours. So I don't know if we're going out on our website because for me, my own website just glitched on me. I was seeing the chat room up there, Super Don, and then uh, it just stopped. And uh, I don't know if that's worldwide or is that just like you said, sometimes a browser issue because that doesn't typically happen for me. And, and I can't. I'm looking you. at it right now. If it's working for you, then it's, it's just working me. for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just glitched for me momentarily. Then it glitches oh. sometimes. Yeah. It does. And I, I know uh, Melanie uh, sent me a, uh, an email um talking about that as well that it was doing yeah. that for her and sometimes it'll do this weird coding thing with a bunch of like like diamond like matrix things all over the place and yeah, yeah. it's it's so it, but it comes back and i don't yeah. i don't know how to explain it okay well it's back for me anyway yeah. i was just asking uh great stuff today honestly good good really cool guests cool, cool topics thank y'all for uh rolling with it as well so yeah. Melanie just wrote me back. Okay. Um, what do you want me to tell her about the, her offer for the book situation? Just tell her that you're going to send it and not to worry about it. Yeah, I'm happy to send it. Not, I mean, I'm I'm grateful, honestly, Mel. You're amazing to do that. I'll uh, tell you what, I, I, because I I'm I'm yeah. just going to forward this to you and I'll let you respond. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, I can talk to you after the show, Mel, as well. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really kind. Uh, you know, I, I like to give stuff away when when I can, of course, and you know, honestly. You guys are so generous with those of you sharing the show, those of you who are supportive uh, of us through our uh, patron you know, account because, good Lord, there are expenses you'd never see behind the scenes to keep us going. And uh, Yeah, and everybody's dealing That's with it. That's not to say that should you find yourself compelled to want to donate to the show, we are happy yeah. to, to do that and yeah. do appreciate that because yeah. we put it to good use for sure. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, a situation like this, you know, we can send him a book. Yeah, right. but again, if you want to somehow support us too, I'm not going to say no, but yeah. I just want to say thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So you wanted to talk more about specifically the uh, the lie, white lie versus a, <laughs> you know. Well, I, you or, know, it's like so. Yeah, let's go back to what those results were. Uh, a bunch of people, a majority, really. I mean, a pretty yeah, significant fifty one percent over thirty nine percent. Yeah. Uh, they said, yeah, that if, if someone said, hey, you know, uh, you look great, but they so really you should say, yes, terrible. those jeans do make your butt look big, honey. Is that what you're saying? Is that what those people are saying? I mean, is that really a lie? I don't know. I mean, whatever. If it is, then, then I'm just like a liar because it could be a slippery slope. Super Don most pretty people, soon you'll be pathological you know, about it. If somebody walked up and said, Hey, I just got my hair cut, you know, do you yeah. like it? Yeah. You know, and now it could look terrible, but that person liked their haircut yeah. Yeah. so you just I guess say it, it like depend on the person you know you say i mean say well it looks good on you <laughs> how about that 
Yeah. I re- do you hey, remember that? Man, do you yeah, remember that is. scene? Dude, do you remember that scene from Caddyshack? Where, um, uh, what's the comedian's name? Uh, uh, the insult comedian. Oh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is his character. Mm-hmm. He's going all about, he's in the golf pro shop, and he's looking at this funky colored hat. He's like, oh, my gosh, who, what do you, you get a bowl of soup with this? On and on he goes. And then he looks over at Judge Smales, who was uh, Ted Baxter's character. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing that hat. And then he says, oh, <laughs> but it looks good on you. <laughs> that was Yeah. You know, another good line? example. Yeah. Do, do you remember the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey? Yes. Yeah. He was There's a perfect the example there, I think, mm-hmm. of what we're talking about, where, mm-hmm. you know, he would say things that, you know, to people in the office and stuff like that, just to be nice or, you know, whatever like that. But when yeah. he lost the ability to lie, suddenly all the truth came out and he just like told, told like it was the, the receptionist crazy hair, you know, and, and all the people in the boardroom and stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. Very funny movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in reality here, I mean, let's be real. If 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 somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, what do, you, do you like my new outfit? And you think it looks like total, like a train wreck. Yeah. It looks terrible. Are you really going to look at that person and go, wow, no, your your outfit really looks horrible. No, my mom. My, my, I, I my, want to uh, throw up right now. You know, you're not going to say that. I was just thinking my mom, she's like, she doesn't hold back. You can tell. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. But. You know, that's the truth teller in her, not the compliment giver but at that moment. But if you say something right. in order to preserve somebody's feelings, something mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. malicious yeah. or, you know, uh, self-serving or something, but something in yeah. order to, you know, preserve their feelings or make them feel better, is it really a lie? I mean, how, how, how you know, are we really going to split? You, you want to go down to definition level, I guess, but uh, I guess the true... The, the, the nuance of that is such. your wife yeah. just made you dinner, yeah, and you're eating the dinner. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna tell your wife, "Wow, this tastes like crap"? My God, I, I, this isn't even fit for the dog. Have you ever What's done wrong that? What's wrong with Super you? Have, have well, you ever maybe done that? somebody would, but I guarantee they wouldn't be married for very long. Yeah, um, you know. So or, it's like, or, or has your wife ever said, "I'm not letting you go outside the house in that"? I, I think that's happened to me. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. You know? I don't know. <laughs> but then again, I'm not known to be a snazzy dresser, except for my wife when she picks something out for me that's you nice. bought your wife a vacuum cleaner for her birthday. It helped to clean things up. That's good, <laughs> huh? And it's yes. funny. I think she's defended you before on that and said she really liked the vacuum cleaner. Yes, yes. It yes. was a very nice vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, I think it's an interesting conversation, for sure, for sure. Ula says uh, she thinks it's it's being polite. That's Ula. Yeah. Well. Oh, and Marge. Marge says she doesn't have a poker face. So even if she tried to compliment, if she sees it and doesn't like it, it's going to show on her face. That's sometimes you can't hide it. You're like, wow. Lori says, my husband did that. He said the gravy tasted good. The dog wouldn't <laughs> even lick the bowl. It was awful. He said it was good just to encourage me. You know, oh, that on. was sweet. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's this. Now, now on, on, the, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. my wife knows that if she wears an outfit, she comes out and she says, does this look okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to her. Okay. I will tell her. I will say, yeah. you know what? No, that doesn't really go with this or that, whatever like that. And she appreciates mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I you know, but there are other things you know. You just have to be tactful, you know. Situation specific things and situations. Yeah, there's it's I, not a black and white issue. I'm in like, my opinion. I'm like when my wife asked me that. I'm like, really? 
do you know who you're asking? You're asking me if it like, I'm not the best, but no, I'll tell her. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. It's usually you like this one or this one, like, which color do you want? I'm like, yeah, I like that one, but that's not so controversial. Sometimes though it is. And I can't, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it just, yeah, it's not anything but frustrating. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. What yeah. else we got here? Uh, oh, upcoming events. I, I forgot. We really didn't do many of them. I know we got autism one this weekend. Can you show the upcoming events tab so I can go through them real quick? And I think yeah, I forwarded I you. I haven't in, updated that in a while. Let me see yeah. how far behind I am here. Not far. I think one event, honestly. Yeah. I still have Pittsburgh. Uh, right. I, I think Pittsburgh that. Up there. Um, if you can show what, what's coming up as well, um, this weekend, go full screen if you don't mind. There we go. The Autism One, autismone.org. Even last minute, it would be great to see you. We'll be at uh, a particular area in Mesa, Arizona. And you know what? Dude, this is so cool. I saw the weather reports for the Phoenix Mesa area. Yeah. Thursday, it's going to be 100, which is <laughs> yeah. like, that's actually not bad. I've seen it at 115. Yeah. Uh, right. And then Friday, it's going to be in the 90s, low 90s. And then Saturday and Sunday might be in the 80s. You know, I uh, I saw a weather report on yeah. the TV a couple of days ago, and apparently Arizona's in in uh, right in the middle of monsoon season. Right yeah, now. so the temperatures are going to be actually quite lovely in the yeah. desert for this time of year. As and long then as we you have don't get the a monsoon, but right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen those. But the 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress coming to Minneapolis, St. Paul, September 23rd and 24th. Super D, I forwarded you an email, and. Uh, it was specific to the support, asking for support. For those of you who have products or services or just, you know, you want to support this event. Uh, and again, it's an email I forwarded to you. Yep, it was a, yep, yep, yep. a calling on, you know, support sponsors. If anybody wants to support the event, um, that would be amazing. And let me see if I could find it in my email uh, to you. Oh, you can, you can pull it up? Okay. Stand by. Yeah. And uh, there is call for Congress sponsors, it says. Desktop. Yeah. So Diane Miller and the team there, uh, Julie and all, uh, Boris, uh, we're still in need of sponsors and invite you to become a sponsor of the 2022 U.S. Health Freedom Congress to help make the meeting uh, of, of the minds possible. It's a lot to put this on. They're not flush with cash. They're doing a lot on a little. And most of those folks donate their time like Diane Miller to do amazing thing to help in the states, various states, safe harbor provisions, uh, right to refuse all of that. So if uh, if you or your organization is a Congress sponsor, then tuition for the Congress is waived. So you can donate and you can actually cover your fee to be there even. And that's it. Anyone can sponsor. You can do it personally. You can do it anonymously. You can do it through a company or through a charity. Contact Julie Boris with any questions by phone at 617-512-2772 or julie.boras, B-O-O-R-A-S, at nationalhealthfreedom.com. Dot org and you know there's some great folks that are sponsoring and supporting them true hope uh sunshine health freedom foundation uh film spark sponsor marjorie roswell i just want to show these people to say thank you uh trinity school of natural health is sponsoring uh and uh silver sponsors the solari report mercola national vaccine information center the robert scott bell show of course you know about us karen moriarty uh dc is supporting it the Relax Far Infrared Saunas, our buddy Phil is helping to support it. Uh, the Edge, uh, Natural Awakenings in the Twin Cities, Children's Health Defense, Organic Consumers Association, other sponsors, MaskOffMinnesota.org, California Health Coalition Advocacy, uh, Rosemary 
Gladstar is the science of and art of herbalism. <laughs> Trying oh. to figure out which which direction you're going. Oh, I'm just go. going down. Larry Anus DDS, Iowa Mercury Free Dentistry, and their friends Life Extension, Washington Homeopathic Products, Mountain Rose Herbs, Health Rights, uh, Massachusetts. I just wanted to acknowledge those that are already supporting them and would love it if anybody feels so inclined to support them uh, and be there with us September 23rd and 24th. Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's going to be great. Now, beyond that event, of course, we've got more coming up. Um, the uh, early, uh, let's say, October in Orlando, the Wellness Parenting Revolution, Stu and Terry Warner. Uh, the Nurse Freedom Network is going to be part of that as well. Uh, we have a lot of great speakers. A lot of doctors of chiropractic are coming to that event as well. And that's 7th, 8th, and 9th, Hyatt Regency, Orlando, Florida. Then we've got the granddaddy of them all, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. 15th and 16th, Saturday, Sunday, up there in Tinley Park outside of Chicago. And, uh, yeah, there's like a 50 bucks off if you want to sponsor or, or get a booth up until the end of August. So take advantage of that. And uh, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. And, of course, all the wonderful courses you'll learn about if you join us there about TrinitySchool.org. And so thank you for indulging me on these upcoming events. There'll be more that we're going to be adding to the mix. In fact, I might be doing a couple of public events around that week or before the 7th of October in Orlando. Chamberlain's is asking if I do a couple of public events. So if you're in the Orlando area, I'd love to see you come out for any or all of those events. I'll let you know about that. And then there's another event in Pittsburgh, uh, the 22nd Pittsburgh area of October. So that's just some of what's coming up. All right. Now, did we forget to discuss anything now that we're in bonus round and I can see the chat room? Let's see what else is going on, questions or comments. I don't know. I don't think so. Let's see. No. Okay. This um this question of the day has really uh, inspired some responses. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have uh, opinions here. Melanie, who I'm still t- uh, emailing back, she just says a lie is a lie. Mm-hmm. Is a lie. Yeah. Is a lie. Ah, oh, super D. I'm on my computer right now, trying to get to the donate button. Okay. Melanie says she's going to donate anyway. So thank okay. you, Melanie. Well, we we'll use that. that. It certainly help cover shipping costs on that because no. you, have you seen the price of sending anything? Oh, my gosh. Talk about inflation. Uh, yeah, I actually have. <laughs> yeah. It used to be uh, like the price of products that you would send. It yeah. Now that costs that in shipping. You know? yeah. It's yeah. like amazing. But that's, again, I sent out reserve. just not too long ago our, our winner of the Super Mush. Yes. And uh, depending on how you send it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, yeah, you can spend 20 bucks just sending easily. something to somebody easily. Yeah. yeah. Gretel says, my daughter looked at her nine-year-old picture and asked why I let her wear her hair styled like that. I told her that she loved it and I wanted her to leave the house feeling her most confident self. So I always told her she looked beautiful. Today, she is a remarkable, confident, strong woman. But yeah, anybody can look back on something they loved then and look, oh man, I, I would never let my daughter out that way. But it was a <laughs> kindness that the mom gave to the daughter. Say, look, you feel good this way. I want to support right. you in that. Yeah, that's right. And she's good now. She's okay. Mm-hmm. Pat says, compliment something else. Don't lie or say in love. Well, it's not your best. And they say something nice. <laughs> I've seen better. Or don't yeah, go out of I this think, house. I think you might be a little bit more 
honest when it comes to say like a very close friend or a spouse but if it's just somebody like an acquaintance or something like yeah. that you know if it's your bro i mean the guys when we're among each other we're like dude what are you doing <laughs> i don't know if ladies do that or not uh, do, you, yeah. uh, do you think women do that when they're together because we guys do we're like brutal like i can't believe you you look All like right. a yeah, whatever and you know this is the way we deal with it it's a little different ula liked the show very interesting show topics hardly spoken about yeah it's true Today was very unique to talk about uh, uh, someone with uh, cystic fibrosis and his journey. Quite amazing. And um, the addiction thing, which we haven't done a lot of discussion in a while. We have over the past, but I thought it was pretty good where we went. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very interesting mm -hmm. and important. Yeah. And I think it's cool that, you know, on this show, we don't, we, we aren't necessarily pigeonholed into only talking about this or that or whatever you yeah know? and i think it's cool that we can expand and mm -hmm. th again thanks to kevin for uh really kind of shaking it up and and getting us you know uh guests that are covering things that we probably never would have talked about had it not yeah. been for his, his interest and his contacts and yeah. stuff we've been able to go direction and laban laban's been amazing connecting laban us too. as well yeah. uh, i've just been so blown away with these people we're, we're connecting with they're just full of light and love and really inspiring. Uh, next Wednesday, again, we're live tomorrow. Uh, and I think we're going to have Christopher Key on so we can talk muscles and I can show my muscles, although they look small compared to James. In the We've first got hour. Kayla Montaro from the fifth estate. Yeah. And Christopher Key. Tomorrow. Do we know what uh, the fifth estate is? And I know what it is historically when we speak of the fifth estate, but what is the fourth estate and the third and cetera. But, uh, topic for tomorrow and i know what we'll, we'll talk about Chris. i'll go straight to the website the fifth estate is a website designed to incite critical thinking and spark healthy debate mm. to research topics to provide informative articles to the public um they do deep dives into different uh, topics mm -hmm. some of the research articles have to do with the covid19 mrna vaccine yeah how it's not a traditional vaccine um, etc. And they have their own podcast. So I have a feeling uh, we're probably going to get along with these uh, with, with with the Fifth Estate uh, people. Okay. Oh, I just got <clears throat> excuse me notice from Facebook. Something I shared was missing context. Oh. I mean, they're so kind and loving that they were like, "Well, the context isn't there, so we're going to pull your post." I'm like, well, "What's the context?" <clears throat> so there was this um, meme that I saw just the other day of a. British, you know, kind of general in the colonial times when we were at the American Revolution. And it was basically headlined that said, you know, this is the look of the British guy, you know, when the country that went to war over taxation hires 87,000 new IRS agents. And that was it. It didn't reference the fact that they were hired to be able to willing to use deadly force. But they're saying the post includes information that independent fact checker said was missing context. And they say that it could mislead people. Well, how is it misleading? That Did we not go to war over taxation, at least partly, as a nation? The Revolutionary War? Yes, that's true. Did not the government or the Congress just pass a law, and I guess Biden signed in, that, that wants to hire 87,000 new IRS agents? Is that true? No. Is there a context missing? No. I think he just signed it just minutes ago, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Now, what I have seen, because one of the, the news channels had a, a guest on that was from somewhere, you know, the IRS or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it was on Fox News or something like that. And they were saying, hey, you know, is this now, what are we going to see here? Are we going to see now, everybody's going to get audited now? Uh, you know, and, and what was said was that, take this with a grain of salt, of course. Yeah. That uh, these 87,000 new IRS, IRS agents are not going to do audits on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. Do you believe them? No. No, that's a lie. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> no, like, I don't. Me? The only ones they want to go over are the ones that they don't but have the ability to defend they're themselves. on record there saying mm. that that's not going to happen, you know. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm so done. I'm so over people, yeah. you know, the government trying to just, you know, suck every dang dollar out of you. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's, I mean, we're already in, you know, in a situation where we can't hardly afford to... to to buy anything or pay for anything or yeah. eat or you know whatever. Well, that's just where they want you, Super Don. You know that they love that. You'll be dependent on them. And, and now we need eighty-seven thousand IRS agents. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we're only going to go after you know the the people making billions of dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. We saw what they tried to do before. Yeah. You know they already played their hand on this situation when Biden was doing the whole hey we're going to go after the rich people. By uh, you know making sure that we uh, have the banks report on you if you have more than six hundred dollars in an account, right? You know, it's like yeah, that's going me? after that's going after the four hundred thousand dollars. That's going earner. after the guy that works at McDonald's. That's not yeah. going after the <laughs> the billionaires. You liar. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, exactly. they squash that, but uh, yeah, you know they're going to do everything they can. You know, it's crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> So anyway, well, good show today. I, I really enjoyed t- today's show, switching gears, totally, and talking about some cool stuff. I dig. I dug the Al Richards uh, uh, thing and the and, the, and the, the James Richardson. Yeah, two really cool guys that were inspired one way or another, you know, to do something different. And uh, I'm waiting for the hate mail. Is Robert? You've betrayed everything you believe in. James Richardson's taking a medicine. Because he takes drugs. Shut he up. He takes a drug. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen, but I just, you know, it's just trying to think about our perspective or my perspective on the drug industry. It doesn't change my perspective on the drug industry, but good Lord, there are ways to utilize even drugs that you could benefit. And, you know, still, you know what, here's, here's the thing. And I would, whatever it's, Mm -hmm. it's just people could disagree with me if they want. I wouldn't believe them. (laughs) Um, that it, it, you know, if you found yourself in a situation where it was, you know, you, you, and you believed and you felt like Mm -hmm. you were going to die Mm -hmm. and somebody said, Hey, you know what? This drug right here, Mm -hmm. this drug will keep you from dying. Do you want Mm -hmm. it or not? You know what? If you choose to say no and throw holy water on yourself and you're like that because you were in the presence of a drug and die, that's your choice. Yeah. That's your choice. But you know what? The majority of people, I believe... Mm-hmm. Because people genuinely want to live and they want to survive, mm-hmm. would take a drug in order to get themselves out of crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they, they were presented that situation, not remdesivir though. That's the exception. Well, you get that. But James, as you noticed, was very meticulous about the research he did about this. And I was very impressed because he said, I I looked at the side effects, especially the liver, and I did extra stuff to help my liver. I'm like, okay, here's a guy that's thinking clearly in the midst of a life and death decision. Isn't that quite profound? Isn't that what we would truly call integrative approaches? 
Now, can he ever get off the medicine? I don't know. But, but he's you know done what? amazing things. He can to do this whatever point. the heck he wants yeah, to. Exactly. We're not going to sit here. To, we're, you know, we're not going to let him not let him come in the no. clubhouse. You know, how would I just... dispute his his achievement? <laughs> not, I couldn't. I wouldn't even try. All I would say is like, hey, let's talk yeah. about. I want to, as I said, I want to learn the things he's done because I'm fascinated by what he's done. Much less. And to he's offer inspiring a bit. other people that mm-hmm. perhaps have cystic fibrosis. Yeah. To maybe be consider the fact that maybe it's not a death sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, he's a success story. However, he got there, he's a mm-hmm. success story. Yeah. And would you know? I, are you going to deny other people with cystic fibrosis the inspiration to try something different and maybe say no mm-hmm. to uh, you know a diagnosis and, and, yeah. and do something that's going to give them more life, more years of their life? I mean, look at him. Does he look miserable? No, not at all. No, he doesn't. Is he taking a drug that has helped him to to deal with with a really bad situation? Yeah. Is it working for him? Yeah. Is it possible he could do something different? Maybe. Well, whose business is that other than his? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. That's that, that's my opinion. But I am kind of a ah. get off my lawn kind of guy, so <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Any other questions or comments before we wrap it up for today? I got some stuff I got to do tonight. I'm going to pre-record something for Sunday as well. I know we'll be at Autism One. Hopefully, I'll get some really awesome interviews there live Friday from Autism One as well. Pat says the IRS is holding our $500 refund, trying to figure out or how not, not to, to give, give it, it to us. Well, yeah, of course you need it, but what is their excuse? They're saying you owe them that or something. See, that's the thing. Giving them extra money so that they can hold on to it later, the whole idea of withholding, it's like if everybody had to write a check for the amount that they withheld over the year, people would have be in revolt. They knew that the secret to keeping people on the taxpayer farm is to take a little bit out every check, every check, every check, and not realize how bad it is. And you get to say, look how much money I got back. You gave them an interest-free loan for an entire year yep. or more. That's a racket. Yeah. Yeah, it is a racket. Just like the nine-tenths of a a cent on gas prices. Yeah. You ever tried to figure that one out? No, I don't want to hurt my brain. Wait a minute, what? Nine-tenths of a cent? Where's that that go? (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't show up up on the the pump. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. All right, man. how the math works for them. It is now 81 degrees in my office. Okay, get get out. Get out there and enjoy the garden. Get in under the hose or do something. I don't know. Uh, But good show. We'll talk later. We got tomorrow, and then we got Autism One. And did uh, E. Moore get back to us? Does he want to pre-record for Thursday because it's a travel day? He has not, no. Okay. Let me me, uh, follow up with him as soon as we're done here. Okay, well, play the outro music, the Mickey-friendly music. Thanks, y'all. Love you. Appreciate you. God willing, see you less than 22 hours from now once again.